Have you lost weight only to gain it right back after returning to your routine? Did your diet work for someone else but not you? Rockin' That ID Life helps you understand your genetic makeup to find a lifestyle that fits your needs. Together, you and RockinThatIDLife.com can focus on your health and meet your goals today. That's RockinThatIDLife.com. Center Ice Brewery is a proud sponsor of Let's Go Blues Radio. If you haven't heard, Center Ice Brewery beer is now exclusively available at beer stores around town. So make sure you pick some up on your next milk and eggs run. That's Center Ice Brewery. Please drink responsibly. Hi, everybody. This is Ken Wilson. Once upon a time, I broadcast blues hockey. I always listen to Let's Go Blues Radio. It's everything you'll want as a blues fan. Oh, baby. After reviewing the play, the call on the ice, it was determined that the play was offside, no goal. You do that, you go to the box, you know, uh, two minutes by yourself, and you feel shame. So your sweetie finally comes to a game and you barely play. Is that more awkward than puberty, or is it pretty close? Your mitt looks like a boa constrictor unhinged its jaw in an effort to consume a combat submarine. Let's do that hockey. Welcome to Season 10, Episode 50 of Let's Go Blues Radio. This is the fully vaccinated, often imitated, but never duplicated no one told us life was going to be this way. Our job's a joke. Our We're broke. Our love life's DOA. The original <laughs> St. Louis Blues Hockey Podcast. Support like, for Let's Go Blues. I, I, you know what? I was like, Kurt's on the show this week, so I got to use yeah, this yeah. one. <laughs> yeah. Support for Let's Go Blues Radio is brought to you in part by RockinThatIDLife.com. Do your life better. And by Center Ice Brewery. Find out where you can find their beer over at CenterIceBrewery.com. We're broadcasting live on Wednesday, June. I have June. It is not June. It is July 27th, 2022. This is franchise episode number 368 all time. I'm Jeff Ponder, and I'm joined by the insufferable Kirk Price. Bill Day is on assignment. Uh, we'll be uh, talking some off-season hockey on this week's episode. Uh, don't forget to find us on every social media platform, and we'll be on American Bandstand this Friday, 8, 7 oh, Central. Happened? Hell yeah. American Bandstand, baby. Let's do it. I have never seen a second of that. No? No. Saturday mornings, baby, after cartoons, Bandstand came on. I was just too young for that. Just barely too young. I watched it. I I wasn't a big fan of it. I was too young. I was like, ah, cartoons are over. I guess I'll, you know, that was back in the day, I think, when, uh, wasn't it where before, like, a lot of remote controls were popular, you had to get up and go change the channel on the TV? Oh, God. Those those are horrible days. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> My very first remote, when we first got cable, uh, the remote we had was, uh, it looked like a big Texas Instruments calculator with a yep. little red window at the top, little two LCD, like just told you what station it was on. And there was a cord. It wasn't even uh, wireless. It was a telephone cord, like a, you know, going from the remote to the box on top of the TV. Not not a spiral cord, like a straight cord. That goes oh, yeah. I remember those. Yeah. yeah. That was but, right and that in was, my emphasis. That was heaven. I was changing yeah. the channel from the couch. Oh, are you kidding that me? That was a thing. Anybody, yeah. anybody who doesn't remember the days when you had to go get up and change the TV by hand and and the switch to a remote from the couch, it was life changing. 
Well, I think it's funny, too, like, nowadays, well, you know, back even just 10, 15 years ago, it was, oh, I got to get up to change the channel. Now, (laughs) you can't even operate a TV without a remote. (laughs) If you couldn't find the remote, you're just like, well, guess I'm watching this for the next half an hour because I can't find the remote. Well, with my smart good, TV, good luck trying to work the little buttons under the TV to luckily go for the menu me, because good, good luck. Mine, I can. I've got it on my phone too, to where I can turn my phone into a remote. But before I synced it, I was like, "If I, I lost my remote, what do I do? I, I can't. I can't even turn anything on. What do I do?" Yeah, it was being held it hostage. Was awful. Yep, being held hostage by technology. We uh, are dual. Speaking of technology, we are dual live streaming on Facebook and YouTube. Uh, so want to say hello to our live audience. Hope you've enjoyed the summer shows if you've been listening. And thanks for joining us. Uh, so, Kurt, uh, took last week off. You were uh, back on here a week, two weeks ago, talking about free agency. Uh, anything uh, going on in, in the life of Kurt Price that we should hear about? Um, You know, playing some pickleball. That's uh, kind of what I've been doing a lot of. Which is a lot of fun. It's like the the new rage right in the country. Mm-hmm. Uh, playing in the league. Uh, it's been my off season. Uh, you know, taking care of my kids. Um, yeah, I, taking it easy. You know, just as, as the song goes. I see people commenting in the YouTube chat, but mine still says waiting. So I'm guessing they're hearing us. Oh yeah, there we go. Uh, okay. Yeah, I, I see them. Okay. I'm, I'm, yep. I'm going to change it from top chat to live chat because. YouTube that is that is the key for us that we yep. I discovered about six months ago. I think you discovered about two months ago. <laughs> yes, yes, it was way too late. We've been doing this for, for going on eleven years now. <laughs> I'm like, I keep we thinking, like, discovered... how many how many chats have we missed because we had nah, our top know. chat? No, those guys were assholes. <laughs> Scott Poindexter uh, wow. in YouTube I chat says first... American Bandstand and Soul Train here. LOL. Soul Train. I did not Soul train watch Soul good. Train. Yeah, I did a little bit. Yeah. It's addic- it's addictive. Uh, wow, winning unlimited. Uh, already have is this beer of the episode. We will talk about that in a second. Um, but wow, there's already a ton of comments here. You guys miss us or something? Holy cow! They're starving for some hockey. I don't blame I, why, them. Why was that Irish? They're starving for some hockey. They're starving for some hockey. Either Irish or a, a, a fishing boat captain. <laughs> a fishing boat captain. Um. Yeah, a couple good comments. I like the first one though. Is already Matt Harris kafuck, spelled like kafuck. Kachuk. But yeah, <laughs> I'm actually looking forward to kind of going off on that a little bit. Dive, just oh, dive going off. Personal. That's good. Mm-hmm. Good. Yeah, I'm, I'm looking forward to the back and forth we might have then. Good. Let's do it. Uh, yeah, let's do it. Uh, Jesse Hill over in the Facebook chat. What's up, Jesse? He says breaking news: Soto to the Blues for Pareko. Uh, mm. I don't like it. I like it, but I don't like it because I want to see more success for my hockey team. So, yes, that'd be great to see the Cardinals get success, but guess what? They need pitching too. So, let's not do that. I, I don't agree yeah. with that trade. Uh, well, you know what? It depends. I mean, if if the Cardinals are like, okay, we got Soto, now let's get pitching. I'm not sure what they'll have left <laughs> to trade to get pitching. But yeah, uh, yeah I mean, if they're going to do, if you're going to get Soto, you got to get pitching, right? Yeah, because yeah, you got to go all in. You know the Angels had had a lineup like a bash, and they couldn't do shit for yep. a long time. So I mean, you don't you got to do more than just hit. Yep, that's true. Uh, well, uh, what I mentioned uh, was was brought up on the show last week. If you heard it, um, we uh, Kurt was actually with me on this one with our friend Vanessa Graf. Uh, we uh, released an ep- a video, a special bonus video 
on Facebook and YouTube last week. Uh, we went a couple weeks ago. I think it was uh, they were been in operation for two or three weeks at that point. Uh, we went and checked out that new Edwardsville rink, which I think, Kurt, you said is like 15, 20 minutes from your house. Uh, about 15. It's about 40 for me, so it's a little far, but... Hey, I play at Ice Zone. That's about 30, 35 minutes for me. So, you know, not, My cousin can walk not too there. bad. It's literally across oh, that nice. road. Yeah. Yeah, it's right yeah. by that high school. Um, yep. Which which high school is that? Is that Edwardsville? Edwardsville high? high School. Yeah, the Palace. Good Lord. Yeah. That thing is massive. Well, it's now they got a freaking hockey rink in its backyard. Yeah. And their sports complex rivals a lot of universities. It's, it's that, 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 that school. Ton yeah. of, ton of uh, tax revenue that built that place it's massive that's awesome nice. well it's it's a it's a nice facility we checked it out we uh we got a nice little behind the scenes tour um i got on the ice with vanessa and uh, we had some fun out there but kurt joined us for the actual rink tour kind of going around and seeing everything and uh big thanks to oh boy hang on uh phil emily phil and kim for helping kim. us out yes we're just throwing out girls names what'd you say Emily, I was just guessing it. Not even close. No. <laughs> you know what? No. We'll say that was the other attendant that was working. Emily. Yeah, she was great. Yeah. I'm totally making that up. There was another attendant working, but I have no idea what her name was. So we'll go with Emily. But anyway, so and check that yeah. out. It's 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 on YouTube. Yeah. It's also on Facebook. Uh just find us. Let's go blues radio. It'd be one of the top videos recently posted when you'll go to the yeah. recent uploads. And it's not long and boring and, you know, wordy. No, it's it's quick and to the point. We get a tour. We have some fun with it, and you know. And Jeff did a nice job putting that together. So it, Thanks. Uh, yeah, it's it's yeah, it's a fun little video. It's about a uh, about six minutes. Yeah, so it's not too long. <laughs> Just kind of gives you a rundown of all the cool amenities of the rink, and then, like I said at the very end, we get on the rink too, and kind of kind of I use my helmet cam and skate around, and you see me. You know, of course, I I worked in the good shots that I took. You know, I probably took. <laughs> 50 shots while I was there. I think only like maybe seven made it into the video. <laughs> Those are the only well, ones that hit the net. It's the magic of editing, right? That's right. It's like, it's like, dude, like oh, that guy looks like a good hockey player. It's like, dude, perfect. They miss a thousand shots, you know, yep. and they, the one that makes it, that makes the cut. Yeah. I, I see. You always kind of see on like the Facebook feeds, you know, the, the crazy shots you mentioned dude perfect kind of like that like some guy with like a ping pong ball bouncing it off a garage right. door bouncing right. it off the back of a glass and you know whatever and it's like i want to see how many times it took him to get that one shot like how many times did he film himself before he finally got it it's probably quite a few although you can oh, yeah. i mean uh, you know you i'd imagine you get your range down you get your you know you get you oh that's close let's try and duplicate that it's got to be a lot. I mean, I some sometimes they they say these things take days for people to just do, which I'm like, dude, that's not a productive use of time. I guess unless you're making money off those videos, then I guess yeah. maybe it is. Yeah, people find ways to monetize things all the time, mm-hmm. except this podcast for some reason. Right. Now we're we're treading water. <laughs> we're making money, kind of. We we, we get the <laughs> we get the you know sponsors to to pay the existing bills, and we you know we're. We're about even. Yeah, we'll take it. Hey, we have fun doing it, right? That's all that matters. Mm -hmm. Uh, And our listeners seem to enjoy us, as you can tell by the chat here. Again, I think you're you're right, Kurt. I think people are just kind of starved for some hockey action. Uh, One of the uh, comments I need to mention now is, uh, 
Uh, Austin Lynch uh, says, uh, ponder six minutes is very long for you, bud. Don't lie. Ugh, yeah, you're probably right. Six minutes is very long. I want to know how Austin knows that. There. Uh, I plead the fifth. Okay. Then I Like he's like, hanging out outside your window with a stopwatch? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> God, Wouldn't I put it past him. Now I'm a little concerned. <laughs> uh, all right. So talking about the uh, the blues. Uh, well, actually, before we talk about the blues, let's talk about our official beers of the episode. Uh, again, I think I've mentioned it. Bill Day is on assignment, so he is not with us. But if you'd like to follow him on the Untapped app, uh, Billy Blue Note 33 is where you can find him. Myself, you uh, can find me at jponder94. Kurt is cprice12. I've been pretty bad about posting on there this summer, so I'm going to kind of try to crank that up a little bit more. Um, but, Kurt, why don't you lead us off? All right. Uh, I got my slim Bud Light Orange, which I have a little bit of a funny story, but before we went on the air, I had uh, opened up the fridge and grabbed the, this can out of the of the fridge, which this is full but when I took it out, it was unopened and it was like concaved and you could crinkle it, but I couldn't find any leaks. I'm like, what the fuck? <laughs> so I opened it up and I took a little sip. There was no foam. I'm like, uh-oh. Took a little sip. Tasted like syrup. And it was Oof. like, oh, it had been like, it was flat as could be. It's like, nope, that's disgusting. I wonder what so, causes that. Any uh, any of our Center Ice Brew folks listening or live, uh, or anyone else that might know, if you're listening live, tell us how does that happen? Because I have I've seen that with beer before, but I've never tasted I, it. I've seen cans like get plump, like in the top, the bottom uh, expands, like it's going to blow up uh, because of pressure or something. But I've never seen a can go the other way, and with yeah. like room to 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 crush it a little bit. It's very strange. Yeah, very um, odd. And you know, again, I opened it, and there was no. It was just, yeah, it was it was bad. It was flat. It was never good to begin with. I I don't know what happened, and I couldn't find a leak, so I'm not yeah. sure what was going on. That's very odd. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, mine is uh, the Old Faithful, the Old Arena Lager from our friends at Center Ice Brewery. Uh, oh, go ahead, Kurt. What do you got? Well, I was gonna, I was in a little little anecdote for the. Uh, old Arena Lager, they're coming out with Old Arena Light. Yes, Lager. I was going to mention that. How exciting. Okay. I mean, I, yeah. I like, I, I'm more of like, if I'm drinking, if, if I have the option of Bud Light or Budweiser, I'm drinking Budweiser. Um, same with like, there's a Labatt Blue Light that most people don't know about, mm-hmm. mostly just in Canada. I like Labatt Blue. So something tells me I'm probably going to enjoy the Old Arena Lager, the, the original more, but it's cool. They're coming out with a light and I'm very excited to try it. I responded to them on Twitter because they announced, you know, last week, I think it was or whatever, that they were going to have a, a old arena light. And I was like, and they showed the label. And I was like, how do you not have a goal light on the old arena lager, light lager can? You got to have an, a, a gold light on and the And you light need can. to spell it light, right? Like, would you spell yes. it like light? Yeah. Yes, yes. And then just arena, have a little uh, goal light next to it. Yeah. Yes, right, going off. I agree. Yeah. That'd I, be cool. Any light beer they come out with, that that just needs to be like their branding. That just needs to be what they do. Yep. I agree, 100%. Uh, so uh, we'll move on, and we do, folks, have some actually pretty interesting Today in Blues history for you. That's uh, today, mm-hmm. today is July 27th, 2022. 
So on this day in 1977, oh, should mention from our friend over at uh, STL Blues History on Twitter. Make sure you follow him. If you're not, he is fantastic. Uh, 1977, the Blues announced that uh, Ralston Purina, Hal Dean being the lead guy there, had a tentative agreement to buy the St. Louis Blues. Uh, very interestingly enough, that whole Purina time in Blues history, exactly six years later, in 1983, Harry Ornest announced completion of a deal to purchase both the St. Louis Blues and the Checker Dome. So we've talked about that era in Blues hockey a ton on this show. We've had former players on to talk about it. Um, but yeah, the whole Purina or Nest time frame is just such an interesting little dent in Blues hockey. And uh, to see that these two things happen six years apart exactly is, is pretty interesting. Um, it's a, it's a love-hate relationship. I think the city of St. Louis would have with Ralston Purina because they did step in and save the Blues, uh, but then they damn near ran him out of town uh, when they went to sell him. <laughs> so, uh, and they and they padlocked the doors. They sent nobody to the draft. They threw a hissy fit because uh, the league blocked the sale to Saskatoon. So, uh, yeah, and I mean, kudos to the NHL for sticking with St. Louis at the time. Because if they didn't care, you know, if the board, the board of Governors had voted, you know, to let the sale go through, the Blues would be in Saskatoon. Although, I'm not sure if they'd have lasted there. That wouldn't have lasted yeah. too long, I don't think. Hurt, there's a comment in um, in YouTube that I think you will appreciate. Hey, Hoser, we found a mouse in this beer. We get free beer. <laughs> I do believe there'll be no charge for this beer. <laughs> yep. <laughs> <laughs> it's penal code, Canada, Canadian penal code. <laughs> awesome uh, So another big, big moment in Blues history uh, July 27th, 1995 Brendan Shanahan Who I do believe Kirk Price was a fan of uh, As well as, yeah, me too But Kirk definitely more so uh, Traded to the Hartford Whalers By the St. Louis Blues for Chris Pronger uh, So there's a couple picks that um, STL Blues history posted with this uh, but one of the ones he posted is from a young reporter named Jeremy Rutherford getting reaction to the trade from Blues fans. And, uh, yeah, I mean, he talked about it, uh, Pronger did in his retirement speech, how he was just <laughs> so hated funny. from the start. Great. And, I mean, yeah. yeah, going back and seeing some of these uh, these stories are just comical now because of the career Pronger ended up having. Not at the time, I definitely understand. I'm not saying that fans weren't justified being pissed off. Brennan Shanahan was a fan favorite. Chris Pronger was a nobody. Um, but, I mean, looking back now, it's just funny to see the the anger and the ire from Blues fans. Yeah, and like you said, it was justified. Although at the time, you know, he was my favorite player, Shanahan was. And so, you know, I guess fans who had Shanahan as their favorite player probably you know a little more upset than maybe some others but um i was a rational fan about it at the time i thought well i think blues fans are going to hate this trade now but they're going to love this trade down the road and that's turned out to be the case because i mean granted shanahan had a hall of fame career i mean he was a fan it's it's you're trading a great player for a great player you know, would we have been better off to keep Shanahan? I don't know. 
Are you better off with Pronger? I don't know. They're both so good, right? And they're both different players. One's a forward, power forward. One's a a, a defenseman. So, I mean, who knows if the if that trade helped us or not? Or it's, I mean, I don't know. I, I couldn't tell you. I mean, it's, it's you don't have a crystal ball. But uh, I mean, certainly keeping Shanahan would have been a, a plus. But uh, uh, bringing in Pronger, I mean, Hall of Fame player, I mean, fantastic player, arguably the best player the Blues have ever had. Um, and I think if we're going to take a poll on this in this show right now, uh, might get two votes for that. So yeah. Um, and, yeah, and you know I, what's, I, you know what else is interesting when you think about you know, let's just say this trade doesn't happen. Can you imagine that top line of instead of, I mean, I know he was a little bit older at this point, but can you imagine in 2000, 2001, a top line of Shanahan, Turgeon, and Young? I mean, geez, that's Young at, at the t- at the peak of his career was a 40 goal scorer and throwing him out there with you had a power forward out there instead of a, uh, you know, Dallas Drake was definitely great on that line, but another guy that can put up 30, 40, 50 goals. I mean, my God. I mean, but then again, you're you're having a huge hole on defense without having the the Norris and Hart winner Chris Pronger back there. Yep. But still, it's just interesting to think about that team. That team. You asked the, the players on that team. You know, J- Curtis Joseph, Brandon Shanahan, Brett Hall. Um, they'll all tell you it's like we had the talent to win a cup. We should have challenged for the cup, and we just never got that close. And I think they, they, they talk about how they regret that because it's kind of dumbfounding. They, they had it. They had that team, and they just couldn't get there. Yeah, you it's say surprising. that. And, and for me, maybe it's just my age because the team when I was a teenager was the 2000, 2001 teams. Mm-hmm. I still look back at that all one team, and I say that was the team that yep. had the talent to win. Like yep. that – there's so many – it's just so funny, and it's it's – it's more like actually funny and not sad now that we've actually seen a, the Blues win a cup. But to think about the good teams that this team has, this franchise has had, and to not really do anything in the playoffs. I mean, let's face it, before yeah. they won the cup, they went to the final of the first three years and didn't even win a game. So without really doing, having any playoff success, I mean, it's crazy. You look at the players, the rosters this team has been made up of. It's it's just it's crazy to think about. There, there were a few teams in this franchise's history that really could have, maybe some people even say should have won a Stanley Cup. And uh, yeah, and to not even get there, I'm not going to count the first three years as saying could have, should have, would have. You know, not going to do that with the expansion uh, bracket. But um, yeah, there's the early '80s. Um, when the Blues lost out to, uh, well, let's see, early 80s when they had the 100-point season, 107-point season, I believe it was, and then there was a season they lost to Calgary, um, the Monday Night Miracle series, uh, and then there was the era with Shanahan and Joseph and Hall, and uh, like you said, the, the 2000-2001 uh, team. But those, those teams, they could have got there, and they, they just didn't. They didn't have... The luck that you need. They didn't. They, something fell apart at, at one time or another in the playoffs, or injuries, or whatever. It just didn't all come together like it has to do for a Stanley Cup winner. And it's so funny how it actually played out because you, <laughs> the team that actually won, you know, was one that was in last place in the, in January. <laughs> yep. So, um, you, so I, we're gonna I, try and figure that out. Bit, 
We're going to take a little bit of issue here with uh, light sound geography or geometry. Uh, and that's why Pronger's number should not be retired. He was here, what, four seasons? No four championships. Seasons? No championships. So he was here nine seasons, first of all. Yeah. Uh, you look at the career numbers, which I did pull up. He is, uh, him and McKinnis, far and away, are your plus-minus leaders career. And I don't know if it'll be touched. Chris Pronger's with plus 140 all time as a St. Louis Blue. Uh, he's up there, I think, in points, right? Uh, especially, Pronger. he's definitely up there in points by a defenseman. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, he's a leader in almost every single category that a defenseman can be included in. So he is not in the top 10 in points, but I know he's at least in the top 15. Uh, he is top. He is number nine in assists. Uh, games played, I think he's even up there. I am wrong. He's not up there for games played. Either way. And he's it's deserving. not his fault. He didn't, he didn't want out. He didn't demand a trade. He didn't leave via free agency. He was traded away. He was forced to be. He, he didn't want to. He wasn't going to leave. Uh, yep. I don't think you know. But he was. No. They traded him to because they wanted to sell the team. And you know, so it's like he left town uh, to the dismay of most fans. I think uh, still a retired number with no. Nah. See, uh, team, championships team sport. A team team effort. Uh, I, I'm not going to hang the responsibility of no championships on one player. Um, one player doesn't win a championship, so I'm not gonna I'm not gonna make the prerequisite of that. Even though it is a feather in your cap, you know that you can say if you do get your number retired, how many championships you have. But you got to have the team around you, and it's got to all come together. And, it's, and we just like we just said, it just didn't. I, I don't blame Pronger for that at all. Really, not, no. I mean, it's not. And it's not and I'll say like I do think the Blues have probably prematurely. Retired some numbers. Um, I hate. Maybe. I hate to say it. Uh, Bob Gasoff. I get it. I get why uh, he was. But I'm just saying. I think you didn't need to retire. I don't know if they honored numbers back then, but that could have easily just been an honored thing. Um, yeah. And I think. But but honestly, like if you're going to say no championships, then that means at this point there should be no retired numbers in Blues history. Um. Because everyone that won the championship right. is either still playing or just retired. So, yeah. uh, I mean, that would mean no Bernie Federko, which he is Mr. Blue. No Bob Plager, who that number was retired not only because of his playing days, but because of how he was so instrumental in this organization for so long. Uh, Brian long Sutter, time. Al McKinnis, Brett Hall, all you know these what? names. I just you ha- I mean, some of those guys you just have to retire. And 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 there's a story behind each number. I mean, like gas off, you could make an argument say to honor instead of retire. I get it, but you know the man died. The man was killed at a team event. You know that they they had. You know at, at the uh, what was it uh, whose farm? Uh, oh, uh, Unger? uh, farm, I think it was. Yeah, um, a team event. Um, you know, you could argue Plager, Barkley Plager. You know, but at the time when he retired, he was the all-time Blues points leader. Um, yeah, and he was uh, again a guy who stuck around the organization after yeah. too. Yeah, and a loved player. So I mean, there's no real. I mean, retiring a number, you you can make. There's no real set of rules for that kind of a thing. You can you can do it for any number of reason. I mean, reasons. I think Toronto has a bunch, a bunch of retired numbers. Yeah, the Blues have do. more. You know, they have a couple more than most of the expansion six era teams. Um, but, and you know, like you said, Jeff, maybe it was a little, a little, they were, they handed them out a little easy, but 
it's hard to, when you hear the story behind why these numbers were retired, it's really hard to argue at the time when they retired them. Okay. I mean, I get it. That's, I, mean, I don't have a big deal. It's not like they have 15 numbers. Well, retired, and, and like, the difference wow. you mentioned the, the six expansion teams from 67, the blues were truly the only really competitive team almost that entire time until the NHL expanded up to 20, 24, 26 teams. Like they, they're, the Penguins were almost sold off multiple times. Uh, California is mm-hmm. gone. That team doesn't even exist anymore. They got auctioned off into two different teams. Um, the Kings were awful for a long time. I mean, so many of these teams were just awful. Vancouver, who came out, uh, came in what three years later, they were awful for a long time. So I mean, it's you look at the Blues. They've had a lot of success. They've had some great offensive players. Obviously, recently, I say recently, is in the last thirty years, some great defensive players as well. Um, I mean, yeah, it's just hard to argue. Goals. You can't you can't retire those guys' numbers. They were big parts of the organization. Led to a lot of success that maybe wasn't a Stanley Cup, but pretty damn close. Yeah, no, I agree with you. And, and I think like Brett Hall alone, you know, I mean. 500 goals with the Blues. I mean, you, that's a number that's retired instantly. His numbers with the Blues were good enough for a Hall of Fame just before oh, yeah. he left St. Louis. So, I mean, without his numbers anywhere else. Yep. So, I agree. Uh, well, uh, we're going to go ahead and take a quick break here, guys. And uh, we're going to hear from our friends over at rockinthatidlife.com. When we come back, we'll be talking about everyone's favorite Florida Panther, Matthew Kachuk, and a couple <laughs> other things going on in Blues Nation. So, stay with us. We'll be right back. It's springtime, and I know in my house, it's such a good feeling to open up the windows and let the breeze roll in for new life in my home. Your body's no different. Detoxifying your body can reduce any inflammation, purify your blood, help with weight loss, improve sleep, and boost your circulation. Don't just go after those detoxifiers that only focus on the gut and bowel, though. If you're going to do it, do it for real. The all-new Detox Box from RockinThatIDLife.com cleans all your systems, flushing your kidneys and bowels, detoxifying your liver, and restoring your microbiome for full homeostasis. You'll feel re-energized, restored, and renewed. Make your order now and receive a free Detox water bottle with your order. Visit RockinThatIDLife.com or email Dustin at RockinThatIDLife at gmail.com and tell him Let's Go Blues Radio sent you to receive an additional 10% off your order. That's RockinThatIDLife.com and give your body that much-needed spring cleaning today. Any uh, comments we want to get to before we move on? Oh, um, I, if I've been looking, I might have one. Um, uh, yeah, he's, light, uh, light sound geometry talking about, uh, the lorries, the Walmart airs. Yeah. They were the, yeah. the team that made a sell off pronger, you which know, was people hate the lorries for how they ended, but man, up until that point, you had to like them. They spent money. Oh, they wanted great. to win, you know, and they spent to the cap. They wanted to win. They, I mean, and, uh, but yeah, yeah. And as they're leaving, they, they fucked the team over because they didn't get his, he didn't get his NBA team. And yep. one out, but uh, but you know, until then, you know, they were really good owners at the games, you know. So I mean, yeah, yep, yeah, love that. Uh, Austin Lynch talking about the um, the retired numbers. Have you heard of the Toronto Maple Leafs, the Montreal Canadiens? So many other teams have more retired numbers. Now, well, the argument with the Canadiens is they too. were, <laughs> yeah, the Canadians were ridiculous. Um, 
I will say maybe you could make an argument for one or two, but I mean, most of those numbers are truly deserved. I mean, those teams were ridiculous in the sixties and seventies. Yeah. And been before that. twice as long, twice as long as yeah. those two. Yeah. Uh, let's see. Um, uh, and Ken Morris has given everyone a history lesson right now on, uh, the Oakland golden seals. So yeah. yeah, that's, I think I've mentioned, I, I read a book and I should, I should post it. I'll post it tomorrow. You on read Twitter a book? If interested. I read a book, one wow. book. That's it. It took me, it took me 30 years, but I was got Jughead on the cover. No, no, not this one. <laughs> um, no, I just look at the pictures for that. Right. Uh, no, I, uh, Veronica, there's a, right? there's a history yeah, of the Oakland golden seals franchise book that I, uh, I read a couple years ago. Uh, actually given me by STL Blues history. And it's it's a little dry, it's a little bland, but like to see some of the stories those players went through, I mean, it was just comical. Uh, their owner was such a, a nut job. Just, he literally, I think he was literally a guy who like won the lottery and just was like, I want an NHL team. And so he put it in Oakland and it was just a, it was just a gong show. Why has there not been a movie made about that? There Seems like it'd be a good be. movie. Uh, let's talk to that, uh, that gentleman we've had on, he's a friend of the show. The guy who did the Grant Fjord documentary. What's his name? Uh, shoot. I forgot his name. I feel like I should know his uh, name. Yeah. He's was, wonderful. Uh, yeah. And his Twitter handle is like a, a hockey, a play on a hockey term. Isn't it? It's gonna, uh, yes, I think so. It's going to drive me it. nuts. We got to move on because I'm just going to sit ahead, here I'll and go. go, um, um, for 20 minutes. <laughs> So, uh, yeah, go ahead and look it up. I'll go ahead and get to our first story. Clem Costin uh, just announced today signs a one-year, one-way contract with the St. Louis Blues. So that's a $750,000 contract. Last season with the Blues, he played in 40 games, four goals, Scorsia or something, right? It's, it's like Scorsi. Mike Scorsia. Scorsi. No, uh, Adam Scorsi. Adam, Adam Scorsi. That's it. Yep. It's just Scorsi? as I'm telling the right? story, it's like popping in my head. <laughs> um, 40 games played last year for Clem Costin, four goals, five assists for the Blues with Springfield, played in 17 regular season games, three goals, three assists. He score was G. pretty scored. Adam score G. Score G. Adam score yeah. G. S <laughs> C O R G I E, I believe. Right. right. Yes. Okay. Yeah. We'll talk to him <laughs> and we'll tell him we remembered your name right away. But don't listen right. to our show to yeah. find out. <laughs> we got it within like what a minute? It was that's not that's not. It was bad. pretty close. Yeah, I mean, we remember Grant Fuhrer's name. That's what's important, right? right? That's what any director would tell you, as long as you remember the subject's name. Um, yeah. <laughs> so in the playoffs, right. Clint Costin, uh, eighteen games played, which was uh, uh, he played in every game, four goals, four assists, and uh, from what I hear, was a pretty big uh, physical presence for that team. So. Uh, one way contract doesn't exactly mean he will definitely be with the blues. It just means that he basically has to go through waivers when the blues send him down. Um, what are your thoughts on this deal for Clem Costin? Clearly a prove it now deal. If, uh, sure. if you agree with that. Yeah. Uh, I mean, you, I mean, one year deal for Costin is a no brainer, right? You want to, you're not giving up on him right now. I mean, you want to have him hang around for a little while. I mean, he's a he's a bottom six guy at best, right? So, you know, I mean, uh, I, and I agree with you. I think this is probably the last year that you know the Blues would have him. Uh, I can see him being dealt at some point, maybe trade deadline. I don't know before the season starts, maybe. Um, 
I like Costin. I do. I like his attitude. He just needs to produce a little more. I think he. I think he can play in the NHL. He's just got to. I don't know. We'll see. We. I think we He's mentioned close. this on on the show last year uh, when he came up that Alexei Torpchenko looks like what we all thought we were getting in Clem Costin. Yeah. Right. And and I think that's why we're we're I think we will see him if he's not like you mentioned maybe dealt before, if it's possible, uh, if it's part of a bigger deal or whatever. Um, I do think we will see him step into Torpchenko's <laughs> role, and basically be, hey, pick that game up. You've got a couple. You've got a while until he comes back. We'll keep you in the lineup and and give you a chance. But we need to see more from you. Comment of the show. Oh boy, from Winning Unlimited. Jeff looks like he is ready to sell us an NFT. <laughs> uh, I hate you. I hate you. you know, I, I, I approach <laughs> NFTs like I approach uh, digital currency, like Bitcoin. I, uh, I, don't, I don't fully understand it. I don't care to. Every time I kind of want to, I'm like, I'll kind of start to read on it. I'm like, okay, I kind of get it. And then no, I don't really. And I just I lose interest. Is it the is it the the goat hair? Is that what it is? Is that what why I look like I should be selling NFTs and the spiked hair? Is that what it is? Um, I don't know what it is. It's just funny. <laughs> I mean, it's probably true. I do look ridiculous. I always do. But <laughs> summers, I refuse to have long hair and uh, and a beard. So I do what I can. I can't imagine why. What stocks do I invest in? Um. Ken Morris does the choke and fall for brothel. All right, guys. Okay. <laughs> Ponder, do my taxes. What? Okay, guys, you're 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 ridiculous. I have a very um, diverse portfolio. <laughs> uh anyway, so talking about diversify, some... diversify, diversify. Right? To, yes, that's the yeah. key. Sell, sell, sell. You know I do that to my uh my uh oh my god, financial advisor. He does not handle stocks at all, but every time, every year when I walk in, I put, I slam my hands down on the desk and I say, sell, sell, sell. And he's like, sell what? And I'm like, you don't own anything. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, right. (laughs) Oh, goodness. Uh, Anyway, so uh, before we get into talking about Matthew Kachuk, there is one more fairly big story that broke this week about the blues. Uh, so, and, and Bill, I know, had some thoughts on this. We were talking about it today. And it's kind of funny, the timing of this coming out with the Blues' uh, big summer sale uh, the last two days. Yeah, yeah. I after thought it was funny, the this, timing. I, th- I want to see if I have the same question that you do after you after you talk about this. All right, well, let's, let's break it, it. For those of you not in the area, you pro- this is more of a local story. So you may not be seeing this if like our Ken Morris is in that. So yeah, I doubt uh, the we'll blues are going to promote this story. <laughs> no, no. Or the NHL even. So not a chance. No. Yeah. No. So there's a good chance of, for you out of town listeners. This might be the first time you're going to hear about it. So uh, we'll, we'll break it down a little bit. Uh, but basically a blues fan, his name's Aaron stock. He is taking the blues to court over alleged mislabeled merchandise sales. So basically he's a season ticket holder, is he not? Yes. He's season ticket holder, big fan Uh, went and bought, over $30,000 worth of memorabilia after the Blues won the Cup, and which I was talking to Bill about this, and Bill was like, I mean, this guy, I want to talk to the 30-year-old that can afford $30,000 of Blues memorabilia. And I'm like, 
do this shit behind me after they won the cup. I I spent five six hundred dollars, and I basically didn't eat the rest of that summer. So yeah, <laughs> like, I damn. I spent what well, I don't I never even totaled it up. What did I spend? Maybe 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 the same. Maybe six or seven hundred bucks, something like that. I don't know. It was I mean it was it was a lot for me. I would love to actually see my beer tab from that summer, how much beer I bought in celebration, mm. because it was pretty much every weekend. Uh, but anyway, let's get back into the story. So Aaron Stock is the gentleman that's uh, that's that's making these claims. Uh, he said, so basically, yeah, after the Blues won the cup is when he went out and bought a bunch of game-used gear. Um, but uh, so anyway. That's these, the key. The, game-used. Yeah, game-used. Yeah. So basically, you can look at at video and and photos from games and say i own that only that's not what he was seeing so he's uh so this is a quote from the story in uh the post today or yesterday whenever the story leaked uh the style wear or markings on many items didn't match up with photos from games uh he claims in a lawsuit recently filed in st louis stock thought there must be an issue so he brought it to the team's attention he even made suggestions about how they could prevent it the Blues told him they'd investigate, and Stock hoped they'd fix the problem. But more than two years later, he said he's still waiting. Uh, this is a direct quote from Stock. He says, I just wanted them to do the right thing, uh, he said. In all, uh, Stock spent more than $30,000 on Blues memorabilia, according to the suit. So um, I, I there's a picture that's been floating around of all of his memorabilia. I saw like a Gunnarsson jersey in there. Um, there's a bunch of gloves, sticks, and, uh, yeah, apparently he claims that these are not game used and, um, the blues, I guess, uh, the blues will reach, try to reach for comment. They had no comment, obviously. Uh, but yeah, that's the allegation being made towards the St. Louis blues right now. Okay. So let's talk about this. Let's talk about it. The story does mention that. Um, so when he first started noticing, like he bought some stuff, for, you know, the, some of the first things he bought, he went and checked photos, like you said, to see, okay, which games they, these, this equipment was used in that he bought. It was labeled game user equipment. And like you said, he said, it's not, doesn't match up. You know, it's not the same equipment. So he's buying equipment that was not used in a game. He kept buying equipment as labeled game used. And he kept checking it. Nope, this isn't game used either. And he kept buying more stuff. <laughs> and I'm not, I'm not trying to absolve the blues from any blame here whatsoever. But you gotta wonder, why the fuck is this guy still buying all this shit if none of it is actually game used? And he's finding this out, but he keeps buying more shit. Why would you do that? A part of it, I guess, is just hopeful that it's just not going to keep happening. Right? Like but, he's a big blues fan. He wants to believe his organization wouldn't do that to him. And let's 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 throw this blanket statement in here we now. Should get him on the show. This is all alleged. All of this is alleged. Yes. He's not gonna say anything. His lawyer won't let him come on the show. Yeah, you kidding I guess me? So. You're right. You're right. You're yeah, right. no way. You're right. Still, no, this is all alleged. Right. We don't we're not saying we're siding with the blues or Aaron Stock in this situation. Uh so we just want to make sure we, we say that first. Uh but yeah, I agree. Um I'm not, if I get one piece of memorabilia and I look at it and I say, that's not right. I'm not buying more. I'm going <laughs> to say, buying I'm done. 5,000 more. Yeah. No, not, right. Or, I'm done. I don't know. I wonder how much odd. of that. Surely not all 30,000 was game used. I mean, he, 
he said he spent thirty thousand dollars on well, blues it, memorabilia. According, well, that's in the suit though. So maybe so that I'm, is. I'm going um, to speak for Bill because uh, Bill and I again had this conversation. He went to the blues summer sale today, hoping to get some blues pads. I think he'll he I think he ended up getting a stick actually. It's what he told me. Hitting any uh, pads? Goalie stick. Yeah, he he said when he went to check out the pads today, they uh there was only a trapper left, like literally one trapper. And I'm like, yeah. that sucks. He was he was wanting to get in yesterday with season ticket holders, but just couldn't figure it out. But anyway, so he uh he he brought it up that um it's possible this stuff was like let's just say for example, Bennington's leg pads. Maybe it was like the practice that morning, Bennington wore a duplicate set of his pads so he what didn't wear down his current pads. You know, like and they marked that as game used, which it's on ice used, but technically that's speaking, used, that's not game used. Right. So I, I mean, I, I mean, he's stuck with it for a couple of years now, you know, since mm. 2019. So, I mean, maybe there's something to it. Or maybe he feels legit that it's not, he's not trying to scam anybody. I mean, it's, and going public with it, uh, you know, he feels he has a beef and, if if it's true that the Blues had not responded to him at all, that's weird. Which, you know, I mean, <laughs> our, when we've dealt with the Blues for various things, uh, they are very slow to respond. <laughs> yes, they are. <laughs> when you they contact are. them, it's like, oh, yeah, shit, I sent it to you like six weeks ago. Thanks for emailing me back. Yep. Yeah, that's why I was... I mean, I, I, I'd be in good blues graces because they, uh, they did come on the show recently. We had, uh, Amy Johnson come on, talk about the, uh, the right, the 5k. So she was very quick to respond, but yes, in general, yes, the blues do not respond very quickly. It takes them a while. I mean, yeah. So, and, and, and that's my experience on this show dealing with uh, the higher ups. And I know you said you've had some of that issue, uh, in yes. other instances too. So, yep. In the past, for sure. Yep. Yep. Odd. Well, anyway, we hope, uh, we hope, well, again, you're right. I would love to get Aaron Stock on the show, but even after this settles, there's probably going to be a hush hush agreement. Uh, so, you think so? I don't know. Maybe. You know what? I mean, I, should... we can find him. He's a season ticket holder. We can sure. find him. And say, after the suit's over, come on, talk about it. Hey, Aaron, you're, uh, <laughs> you're probably listening right now. Come on the sure. show. Let's talk to yeah, you. Come on. The come show. on. I mean, be our third if you host. can't do it now, do it after. Yeah, yeah. we'll be ready for you. Uh, <laughs> so the big news, which is funny to say, the big news in St. Louis comes out of Calgary in Florida. Calgary. Um, <laughs> Calgary, sorry. Calgary, yeah. sorry. Uh, Matthew Kachuk has been traded to the Florida Panthers and not the Blues. Uh, so again, this is, this is not anything new to anybody listening, I'm sure. Right. Uh, but... So the trade did involve Matthew Kachuk going to the uh, Florida Panthers with a conditional 2025 fourth-round pick in exchange for Jonathan Huberto, Mackenzie Weger, Cole – I wish this was bigger type – Schwint? Schwing? Let's call him Cole Schwing. Schwint. And uh, – <laughs> yes, sorry. I just wanted to do Schwing. Schwing. Uh, and a conditional 2025 first-round pick. So he goes to Calgary. This is uh, late Friday night. This broke actually right after Brady announced his um, his uh, yeah. uh, engagement. Which yeah. uh, did you read the story on that? Yeah, they were. I thought he that, was trying. I, 
he was Matthew trying was to, to not have it yeah. like be the big moment in the Kachuk family. He's like, hey, can we just let this be Brady's day? <laughs> yeah. But anyway, big trade. Um, it, there's a lot we could dissect here. Um, I'll just add talking about what went back to Calgary. They got a fucking deal. I, yes. I look at what they got. They yes. got a haul. First of all, if you just want to talk about points alone last season, uh, Keith, or uh, Matthew Kachuk was not the only 100-point scorer going in this trade. Jonathan Huberto actually outscored him with 115 points. Kachuk had 104. And Mackenzie Weger, who's a defenseman, put up Good 44 defense. points last year. Uh, right, yeah. Again, that's a great Florida lineup that they had, but that is two very solid pieces going back to Florida. And I look at that and say, and there's been talks already that that Huberto and Weger, who both uh, are their contracts are up at the end of the season, uh, they've apparently, and I mean, what else are they going to say, right? But they have said they are interested in staying in Calgary. Uh, I think if yep. they have success, I think they might actually mean that. Um, you, know, you know, they're both short. Short of Huberto and Uyghur not being retained by Florida, I don't understand this trade. Now, if for Florida, Calgary. Now, I, mean. I, I don't understand the I don't understand the trade for Florida. If Florida is not going to retain Huberto and Uyghur, uh, obviously the trade makes sense. But if they are going to try to retain them, then I don't understand this trade from Florida's perspective because I don't I think they're worse, and I think Calgary is better. I so, agree, hundred percent. I think. We were talking about how, you know, just before this trade, Johnny Gaudreau leaves in free agency, goes to Columbus, and now you're talking about Matthew Kachuk being traded. Your two top guns are going to be gone, and they're going to already be in a rebuild right as they're getting good. This trade, to me, uh, Calgary's no not going in a rebuild. They may have actually gotten no. better. They look Maybe. good on paper. Yeah. And, and, you know, I will get into, you know, the blues aspect of this, uh, in a second, but, um, I, and it has to be a matter of the Panthers not thinking they could retain, uh, one or both of these players right. has to, because if they're, they, if they you gotta think can, there's a conversation, why would of, they make this trade? There's gotta be a conversation with Huberto at least. And, and Uyghur probably too. We want to retain you. What is the possibility? And if he's just, you know, pulling the, oh, let's wait until the season or, oh, we'll talk about it after next season. Okay, then, yes, let's let's go ahead and pull the trigger, make a trade, get another guy in here. But, yeah, outside of that, I agree with you. Um, this is a win for Calgary. This is a great deal for Calgary. I mean, Kachuk is younger by, what, five years? He's 24. Is that right? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, so there's that. You know, he's younger. Um, but, I mean, and then Huberto. So, I, I I mean, this guy has to be the case. Has to. And that was speculation, too, at the time. So. Yeah, I I don't know. I, I love this deal. I mean, it, and, yeah, again, we'll talk about the Blues aspect of this in a second. But I just look at the, the deal Calgary got, and I just say, I don't know of any other teams that could have matched that that were in the running for him, you know, and, and they did right. turn around and sign uh Kachuk to an eight year, uh, $76 million extension, uh, 9.5 per year. 
so they did retain him pretty quickly, which tells me there was probably a little wink, wink, nudge, sure. nudge conversation there. But yeah, I mean, I look at like the other teams that they were being talked about: St. Louis, Dallas, Nashville. I don't see those teams being able to match that type of deal and get away. Would with you it. want? Would you want the Blues to match that deal or beat what, that deal? What would the match be like in your mind if you match that deal, player for player? Obviously, oh. you're talking about a conditional first round pick, a prospect. I don't know much about this swing guy. You're, you're talking. But, I mean, I mean, I, at first, I'm I'm I'm, I'm thinking Cairo, but Cairo is not at Huberto's level um, yet. Hopefully, yet. Um, we don't have a 115 point guy to no. offer. I mean, we can we you could offer you could offer Thomas. Closest would be but, Thomas. Yeah, but you don't want to. But you want Thomas and Kachuk to play together. Yeah. So that's the whole. That's part of the deal. So um, if you're going to match this deal, player for player, I think Ka- it would be Thomas Falk. Well, I think Krug? you do Kairou. I think you do Kairou Falk. But if you do Kairou, you need to add in another player because he's not Huberto. I know, but he's young, and I I know, but I'm saying that that Kairou has to be included. I don't think I don't think you include Thomas. I think you can, obviously. But I think but we're the whole about, point behind bringing Kachuk here is to have him play with Thomas. I agree, but the prob- the point, the question is, matching it player for player, that has to be Thomas. That's the only player on the roster that you, even comes have close to, to a Huberto. Well, yeah, but that still doesn't match Huberto. So you'd, you'd have no, to, it doesn't. You'd have to, so if you're going to fall short, you go Kairou Tarasenko. Uh, yeah. Uh, Kairou Tarasenko. Um, Krug, maybe Krug. Um, I don't know if they would do Krug. They'd probably want uh, um, Falk. I but and, and a draft pick and a, and a first round pick and a second round okay. pick. I think I'll uh, agree I, with that. So a match on the blue side would be Kairou, Tarasenko, Falk. Uh, I don't know a prospect. Let's say Costin and a first round pick. I don't think I do that trade. I don't think I do either. I mean, well, I mean, for one, you've got Tarasenko, who's got a no trade clause. He's probably not accepting that trade. But even if he did, I don't think I want to make that trade. That's too many pieces gone, and it's already a, a rough Blues defense losing a guy like Falk or Crew. Yeah. So the rumored initially the room for a little, I guess a couple of days, the rumor was that the Blues offered Tarasenko, uh, Scandella, and a pick, a high pick. I don't think the pick was actually defined exactly what it was. And people lost their shit, you know? And, uh, and then, and then uh, Strickland came out and said that he heard that that rumored offer was not the offer, but let's say it was, let's just say it was Um, Armstrong doesn't. Okay. For, for Kachuk to come here, realistically for Kachuk to come here, it was going to take Kachuk saying he wanted to play here and nowhere else. If he said that, if he had said that, then all Armstrong has to do is clear salary. And Tarasenko and Scandella clear salary for Kachuk. Now, and people lost their shit when they heard the offer was what what, what the rumored offer from Armstrong and I, and they were like, oh, they didn't offer enough. No wonder, you know, the Calgary traded Kachuk to Florida. I'm like, that, that 
Armstrong wasn't trying to beat Florida's offer. He wasn't. I think he put, if that's the trade offer, which, you know, again, Strickland said it wasn't, but if it was, he's just putting it out there, uh, likely in case Kachuk really doesn't want to sign anywhere except with St. Louis. And he's just telling the Calgary, well, you know, I'll, uh, maybe, I guess Blues fans are hoping he was, you know, just doing it for show and behind the scenes really wanted to sign in St. Louis. But in the end, when he was interviewed, he, I mean, he acted like and he didn't really want to play here that badly. I mean, he, I think he said he could see himself playing here, but there was, he made comments about how uh, much conversation there was already and about how much stress there was already. And I think there would have been a shit ton of pressure, even though he'd been treated like a God here, he would have been loved here. Um, he goes to Florida where he's going to be a, a really good player, but he's not going to be anything like a status symbol like he was, would be here. And, and let's, let's not overlook the fact that there's a reason players like going to like a Florida, a Columbus, a, even like an Texas. Anaheim or an LA is you are going to be treated well as a player, but you can also go to a restaurant and not get recognized. Like you can walk in, be a normal person, go sit up in your high roller seat and you're not going to be hounded for autographs. Like, like anyone playing in Toronto is like how a Matthew Kachuk or really anyone playing in St. Louis is. Let's be honest. We, we've all become pretty accustomed to what the players look like. Matthew Kachuk. Now. Yeah. He's going to get the occasional fan. I'm not saying there's not big hockey fans in Florida, they're going to walk up, want his autograph. Hey, how you doing? Big fan, blah, blah, blah. But he's not going to get lines of people at his table at dinner wanting his autograph, wanting to meet him, wanting to get a picture with him. And that's something that players like about playing in cities like that. And I think he's, yep. I think that yeah, was a big I mean, part of it. Plus, he's close enough to St. Louis now where it's like, hey, we got three days off. I'm going to fly up to St. Louis, see the family, and then I'll fly back. You know, like, Calgary, it's a little harder to do that. I think um, part of it too is the tax situation. Tax tax situation yes. in Florida is different. He, he'll actually take home more money. Um, so that's that's. I think it's like five hundred grand more or something. Yeah, it's. I mean, um, it's literally everything that he is owed to him. He's getting, which is nice. But it, yeah, and you know, a player can play where he wants to play. I don't give a shit. It's fine. You know player's going to do what he wants to do and he, and he has every good for him to be able to control that situation you know he's that's fantastic a lot of players can't really do that um but he was in a situation where he could um but yeah let's 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 tear uh kachuk had all the cards he mm-hmm. he could he could tell uh calgary which teams that he'd be willing to sign long term to because if he's not willing to sign long term with a team they're not trading for him so they're off the table. He, like I said, he could have said, "I really only, only, only want to play with St. Louis. I only want to sign long term there." That takes every other team off the table. They're not going to trade for him because they're not going to give up anything for one year of Kachuk. Um, and or, or Calgary could just hold on to him and not trade him at all if the trade from the Blues was shit, and you know deal with it at the deadline or let him walk for nothing. This conversation reminds me of two players. Uh, one with the Blues. Kevin Shattenkirk, when the Blues were looking yep. to trade him, mm-hmm. it was he had one year left on his contract, just like Kachuk, and he pretty much held the cards and said, I think it was Edmonton, the Blues had a deal in place, 
But he said, I will not resign in Edmonton. And so Edmonton was like, okay, well, then we're not going to make the offer. And um, he ended up going uh, to Washington in that trade deadline. It was for Drew right? So that would have been Montreal. Uh, Or no, Tampa. Tampa. It was Tampa. Tampa. It would have been Tampa. It was Tampa. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, and he said, I will not resign in Tampa. And so it was like, Tampa was like, okay, well, then we're not just going to get you for a year. We want you long term. And the other player this reminds me of, like you're saying, if Kachuk would have been like, I will only sign in St. Louis. Martin Saint-Louis, when he wanted out of Tampa, he said, I will only re-sign in New York with the Rangers. That's where I want to go. And so I remember being shocked that they got Ryan Callahan in that deal because I thought the Rangers hold all the cards here. The Rangers could literally be like, we'll send you a fifth-round pick. You know, that's all we're going to offer. You know, but I think they had to move Callahan to make the salary thing work. But it was just like, and that's why I look at Kachuk probably good he didn't do that and you know he's a good teammate he's a good guy on the ice good guy with his teammates um he probably didn't want to do that to calgary but i'm sure there was a part of him that would have been like i would love to play in st louis i would love to and well shit let's read the quote that he gave uh jeremy rutherford uh in the athletic which it's a great story uh we kind of mentioned it already with the brady thing but uh here's the quote he gave him uh, just being the hometown team and a team that I wore the jersey for when I was younger, they have a really good team and it's a great place to play. So obviously there was some interest for me there. Could I have pictured myself there? Yes. Getting to know them a little bit. They have unbelievable ownership and a great GM and talking to some guys with their team that I don't normally talk to. It was cool to learn about them, but playing at home, I'm sure every hometown kid will say it's special for you, but it's more special for the people that got you here. So, yeah, for his dad, I'm sure he would have loved to see his son wear a number seven Kachuk jersey. Uh, For his mom, Chantal, for uh, Brady, for everyone. And how much fun would it be to see Brady wearing blues shit in the playoffs like he did this past year for Calgary? Um, But at the end of the day, he, I think, just like Gaudreau, wanted to be stateside. And um, I, I, I can't blame him. There's... And it's not just that, you know, we we won't even get into the whole COVID vaccine thing going on right now, especially with the, the Blue Jays and the Cardinals. We'll talk with Arenado and Goldschmidt. But, like, that is part of it. It's a little harder to travel to and from out of season. And so for him, it's probably like, I don't have to worry about this anymore. I'm in Florida. I get to go home whenever I want. It's, you know, it's a hop, skip, and a jump and, and a plane ride home. You know, it's it's cool. It's good for him. He gets to see his family more, I'm sure. And, uh, yeah, good for him. I'm happy for him. I just – there's been – we don't have any exact quotes here from people on social media, but obviously there's a lot of ire towards him and especially Doug Armstrong for not making a bigger pitch. But at the lot. end of the day, Matthew Kachuk made the decision. They said, hey – Will you re-sign in Florida? Yes, hell yes, I will. And he got traded to Florida. And I don't think anyone is at fault for him not coming here. There's nobody to blame. It's just hockey. It's a business. I I wonder. I think I think fans generally are pissed off at Armstrong. They're not upset at Kachuk for this. And I really don't think they should be upset at Armstrong. Uh, because they would not have liked the package it would have taken to get Kachuk. And, I mean, 
I don't think it's fair to not uh, to be angry at Kachuk either. Um, but with that said, I think if you're going to put any kind of like a reason why Kachuk isn't in St. Louis, well, it's because Kachuk didn't choose St. Louis over every other city, right? That's what would have had to have happened. He would have had to say, I want to play in St. Louis and St. Louis only. But that's not what he said. That's not, what he, that's not how he felt. I wonder how fans are going to, uh, you know, welcome him in St. Louis when he plays in St. Louis. I, I, I Because, because I, I, I say that because on one hand, I think most fans are pissed at Armstrong um, for not getting him when it's not really his fault at all. Uh, but on the other hand, I think some fans could be ticked off that Kachuk didn't want to play here over somewhere else, which isn't really fair. Um, but I, I, I don't think he was going to get the warm reception that he got if he had just stayed in Calgary, you know, next season. I think no, I, I, I no, if he would have stayed in Calgary, he would have gotten a standing ovation because people yeah. would have been like, you know, in their minds, have been thinking, let's do whatever we can to get him to show to show him that. We will support him when he comes here. Now that he's gone and he signed an eight-year contract in Florida, I wouldn't be surprised if he gets booed. Honestly, oh, I I'm not saying I'm I would sh- do it because I'm I'm fine with his decision. It, again, it's a business, but I can see I'm some diehard fans just being like, "He didn't come to St. Louis. Let's boo that son of a bitch." I'm disappointed. He didn't want to play here. I don't blame him. I'm just because I really wanted to. And I, I blame, you know, the media is partially to blame for this because, you know, they were talking it up like St. Louis is number one. St. Louis is number one. That's where he's probably going to go. So, you know, they get everybody riled up like he's coming here. Kind of like Soto and the Cardinals, right? <laughs> and that I'll be shocked if that happens. But. Uh, hope it does. That'd be cool and fun. Yeah. But uh, I, but yeah, um, I don't know. I, I don't, I hope he doesn't get booed. I hope so too. But cause I still like him. And honestly, if he gets booed, I hope it's because, you know, he does something on the rink that makes blues fans hate him. Not because of him getting traded to Florida and signing a deal. Uh, not saying I want him to hurt anyone, but I'm just saying, that right. I hope it's for a reason like that, not oh we're mad at him for not wanting to be only be traded here. Um, I I like yeah. him. I love his style. I would have loved him on the Blues. He would have fit yeah. a Baruby style. I think he would have been a hundred point scorer again under a Baruby system, uh, especially playing with his buddy Robert Thomas. But um, at the end of the day, it's not. It's not like it was Blues or bust. Like we said, it's it well, was. His decision to get traded somewhere else, and he signed a good deal in in Florida. I'm sure he's very happy with his decision. And part of and part of the anger with Blues fans is is well Perron leaving, um, and so okay, well Army's plan is to you know replace you know the lack of production that we're going to have with with losing Perron with uh, Kachuk. It's an upgrade, and but now that's gone. And so people are kind of wondering what's going to happen now, right? Uh, what do you do? I mean, if Kachuk's off the table, I, well, you're, you're going to go into the season next season with with this roster? I mean, okay, sure, you hope Thomas and Kairou keep elevating their game, right? Kairou more consistent, Thomas stays healthy, 
and uh, and uh, hopefully, you know, hopefully, I mean, threatens a hundred points next season. That'd be that'd be kind of cool. Yeah. Um, but and Cairo mainly. Cairo needs to be more consistent, and and uh, uh, yeah, and and maybe Torpchenko gets more of a role, and maybe Costin can get a full time gig on the fourth line. I don't know. I mean, but but they're really. I think neighbors get some playing time, right? Um, be a contributor. Uh, that'd be great. But I think that if if the plan is to work from within and hope the the younger kids and the and the team just get that much better, I don't. I'm not happy with that strategy being going into the season. I think they should probably do something else, uh, at least defensively. You know, offensively, I'm. I'm cool with moving forward with what we got. That's okay. If the plan is to give the defense a punch, in, a shot in the arm. Yep. But agree. I, I, with, with something. Um, I, I would love to see that. And cause I, we were very deep in scoring last season. You know, there's a chance this offense could absorb the loss of Perron. I mean, it's a big loss, especially in the power play, but with the weapons we have and the depth we have, it's, you know, that could it's it's not unrealistic to assume that we can absorb that loss. Um, I think uh, defense is something that uh, since Kachuk's off the table, I think you got you got to pivot towards defense. You have to. I agree. I think I think uh, yeah. I mean, you know, what are the Blues going to do? You know, that's that's kind of the question now. And I will say, I do agree. Now that Kachuk's off the table, <clears throat> there is a part of me that that did have a little bit more anger with not bringing back Perron for two years, because clearly he was willing to accept a deal of that magnitude. I think, I think he's got two years left in him at least. Uh, but I will say what I said two weeks ago. I think as long as this is not the roster going forward in October, I'm willing to give Armstrong some time to figure things out. Um, I'm with you. I, I think they could roll on and say, well, the, the Perron's points and whatever other lacking points were missing, you know, Bozak, if you want to throw that in there. Uh, I'm not too worried. Yeah. I'm not either. But <laughs> I, I am fine with them saying, like, okay, you know, neighbors, uh, Achari, all these other guys that we're, we're bringing in, Levo, mm-hmm. if he gets time, Costin. I do th- agree. I think you could absorb that point total from Perron. Because let's face it, too, early in the season, he was awful. He was gone. He he had the injury. People he didn't were come on until late he was in the done. season. Yeah. I yeah. thought he was done. So I think the Blues could easily absorb that point total. You get one guy on a hot streak, and I think that absorbs that total. So And Jake Neighbors, let's, let's face it, I think he's destined to be a Blue this season. But I think so. If you're not going to re-sign Piran, a guy that's a power play specialist and has proven to uh, be a good playoff performer lately, um, you have to reallocate that money and and that focus on your defense. Um, defense was not good last year, and it wasn't good the year before. Well, they brought um, back Letty. They did bring back Letty, and I like Letty. I just I think there needs too. to be more. We need to see one other big move. Whether it's, I think it needs to be a left-handed D, but I'd be fine with an upgraded right-handed D, and then maybe another move to offset everything. Whatever you need to do, but that defense has to improve. If this is the roster going forward, 
I think they're worse than last season, if not the same at the best. Um, you have to compete with Colorado right now. And mm-hmm. I right now, I think Colorado still wins in a playoff series. So you have to get better if you expect to still be a Stanley Cup, uh, have Stanley Cup aspirations. I agree. I, I mean, I and I'm not, you know, all over Armstrong over any of this. I, I'm just, I'm just curious as to what the plan is moving forward. Now, um, I, I, I'm not a, I'm not going to throw him under the bus. I'm not going to rip him a new one. I don't, you know, there's no point to that. He's, he's earned uh, a little more patience than that. I agree. Um, I mean, my God, I mean, I can't. Um, just because he doesn't, you know, doesn't retain a player and doesn't get a player that, you know, that Blues Nation wanted. I mean, some people want to just uh, abandon ship on Armstrong, and it's like Jesus Christ, guys. Uh, how much has this guy done for this franchise since he's been here? I mean, his record since he's come to St. Louis in the organization, I do believe we have the best record in the Western Conference yeah. since he's been here. I think so. so. Uh, and I think and like, only Tampa and maybe Pittsburgh have better records yeah, overall in that time. I, I too. think so. I think so. So, and so, I mean, very, very good teams, <laughs> playoff teams, guys. So, uh, um, I, I, and like, and I, with you, Jeff, I think that they, they need to do something, but I'm not saying they have to do it right now or pushing the panic button or, you know, I just um, I have confidence that something else is going to happen at some point, um, because it's just the way. I mean, and maybe he feels he has to wait to get the deal he wants. I don't know. There's so time, we'll, we'll, and and that's and and you know what? I mean, I learned pretty much in 2019 that to not freak out over initial things that happened. Again, we talk about this all the time. Bozak and Perron, those were your big signings. Come on, man, what are you doing? That night, he goes out and get Ryan O'Reilly. A couple, what, about a week later, he goes out and gets Pat Maroon. I mean, all of a sudden, it was excitement in St. Louis over it. Now, I'm thinking that excitement is going to take a little bit longer, but I'm, you know, Kurt, let's let's mark the tape right here. Mark the tape. I'm going to guess our season preview show is going to be on, uh, looks like October 12th. That's a Wednesday. Blues open the season on a Saturday, the 15th, against Columbus. Uh, I'm going to guess there's going to be another move before then. Significant move. Um, if there's not, I will be ready to say, okay, Armstrong, you've got till the trade deadline, buddy, because it's not looking good. Um, but I, I think there will be a move before then because I, I do believe he's got a plan in place. Maybe, maybe the plan didn't pan out. Maybe, okay, my plan was to get Kachuk. It didn't work out. Time to go back to the drawing board. He's got plenty of time. So to worry about the offseason, even at this point, two weeks after free agency opened, I think there's still plenty of time for him to work something else out to to make this roster better by opening night. I'm, I mean, and if this is and if this is our starting roster, basically what we have to choose from right now, uh, opening night, then we can have that discussion, right? As far as like, okay, why wasn't something done? And when will it get done during the season yeah. sometime? Are they going to wait to see how things pan out to decide what they want to do? I don't know, but that's a discussion we'll have at the time. Uh, Rodney Hale 
in the YouTube chat says, saying Matthew chose Florida over St. Louis is just wrong. He got traded to Florida. Doesn't mean he said he would rather go to Florida than St. Louis. I don't think we did. We say that he chose no, Florida. He's, over I think Louis? he's no. I think he's agreeing with us. Okay. I think he's. I think he's saying like, yeah, it's it's ridiculous that some fans are pissed off about it. Okay. We, yeah. I well, and I think it is ridiculous. Uh, I think right. I, I again, the way that I always look at it is, if I was offered you know, 150 grand to go work in Dallas or 250 grand to go work in Seattle. Is Dallas going to be pissed at me? You know, if the company in Dallas could be like, fuck that Jeff Ponder guy, he took that deal in Seattle, you know, like, no, because it's business. That's just how it works. Like this isn't, there's no fanfare. And I know obviously it's a little different, but there's no fanfare involved when these guys are trying to sign contracts and think about their families and their futures. I, I have no problem with him going to Florida. Chris Ziegler said in the YouTube chat, uh, if Kachuk really wanted to be here, I'll quit posting and you're scrolling off the screen. Uh, if Kachuk really wanted to be here, he would. Beyond that, I really wanted the Blues to go for him, but you can't decimate the team for him. And we pretty much would have had to. No hard feelings. That's exactly the way I feel about it. Um, if he really wanted to be here, he would be here. Yeah, Unless Army some... didn't want him at all. <laughs> Which yeah, I we got some we got some spam in there. Austin, you're oh. watching. I'm going to let you take that from now on. Oh, oh it looks like you already it's... did. He did. Okay, yeah, there I jumped go. in there and did the same thing. But no, okay. thank you, Austin. Um, yeah, please Love take care Chad of that. Love Chad XYZ? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. God, what was that? There was that one that was insane. I can't remember how oh, long yeah, it was. It was, it, was, a... uh, it, was, it was like <laughs> white supremacist, wasn't it? Well, that, that yes, that one that was, was bad. bad. But there was another was sexual bad. one that was pretty hilarious. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Light Sound Geometry says he would take Kadri. Let's talk about Kadri, Jeff. Would you take Kadri? <sighs> no. I wouldn't either. I'm sorry. I, I, What I said, uh, I think it was during the playoffs because people were kind of making that joke. And now I think people are being more serious about it. You know, Kadri's free agent. Would you take him? No, because you don't know what that guy is going to do. And, you know, if this was 20, 25 years ago, and I guess a similar question then would have been, do you take Brian Marchman on your team? Yeah, because he can get away with shit more because it's not, you're not getting suspended for every little thing. Kadri's um, a much better player than Marchman was. Yes, but he was also a pretty good defenseman. Um. He just did stupid shit. But yes, I agree. He is a better player. But I'm just trying to think of a player from that era. Owen Nolan, I guess. Um, yeah. I would have taken a player like that on my team. Hell yeah. Why, but why now, with sharks? The... <laughs> because all the sharks were fucking cheap in the early 2000s. <laughs> oh. Coral Yuck, all those assholes. Damp Foos, oh, I hate wow. all those guys. Yeah, we got some yeah. Chill Town uh, folks listening to Jimin. Yeah. Hey, you. <laughs> you meanie. Tweet that back. Uh, yeah, no, I am just, I'm just not, I'm just not a fan of his. I don't like, again, 20 years ago, I'm taking his playing style and running with it. Sure, why not? But the way that it's just so, you don't know what he's going to do. And he's, is he going to get suspended for 10 games when you really need him? I don't want to take that chance. So no, for me, the answer is no, I can't stand the guy. I don't want him on my team. Same with like a Brad Marchand. I, 
I don't want him on my team. Yeah. Well, yeah, I mean, you know, great, great players. I mean, let's be honest. They're very, very, very good players. But I think just a personal thing for me, you know, uh, uh, yeah, I want the team to win. Yeah, I'm passionate about it. But it's entertainment, and I love watching this team, and I think I'd have a really hard time rooting for Kadri in a Blues uniform. It's, and it's, it's, you, and uh, you, you can call me an idiot for, for that. That's fine. That's just the way I feel personally. Um, would this team be better with him on it? Yeah, sure. But um, I, I mean, this this is obviously an extreme case, but because it was other reasons. But the only thing I can think to compare it to is Leonard Little. Dude was phenomenal. I right? had a hard time rooting for him. I he like was it. a great football player, yeah. but because of his off-field transgressions, he I couldn't root woman. for him. Yeah, he I could not him. root for him. And when yeah. he would fuck up, if he would, you know, recumber a fumble and then lose the fumble, I was kind of like, yeah, you know, like I yeah. would root against him. And again, that is. That is apples and bananas to compare, but just saying, like that's the only thing I can think of that compares to what I what I think having Kadri on the team would be, and I rooted against the guy pretty much. So I think I feel like I do the same thing with Kadri, and I don't want to do that with a Blues player. Uh, Colin Smith says, "Do you think we're better or worse than last year?" I think we maybe just joined. Uh, we did say that. Oh, uh, well, uh, Jeff said, and I agree with him. That uh, right as of right now, this team is not as good as last year. I, I don't know yeah. how you'd say it is. Uh, you lose Perron's production and you replace it with nothing so far. I mean, more playing time for neighbors. <laughs> yeah. And a year older Cairo. Does that make up for Perron on paper? No, I don't think so. Not even close. So um, now defensively, I think compared to last regular season, I think defensively we are a little better because I personally like Letty, I don't because I mean, I think if you we did we talk about this last show or maybe I brought it up. I think I brought it up last show uh, that I was on. Um, maybe that I think there was only like five or six games last season that uh, Perunovic. Uh, I said there's no games. You did Perunovic, Letty, and Krug were in the lineup together. Not a single game because uh, we, we got Letty in the deadline. Uh, and uh, so he didn't play with Prunovich at all. Uh, and so no regular season games with those three lineup. Um, and only a, only a handful with Krug and Prunovich, I believe. Um, not a whole lot. So um, next season, you will probably have Prunovich, Krug, and Letty all in lineup at the same time. So I think our defense, is as, as much as it needs to be improved, I do think we're a little better. Than last season defensively on paper, if you if you if if we map this out I, with with all those players healthy and the lineup, um, I think it's a little bit better. Now, is it where it needs to be? No, I don't think so. Um, but I I'll agree. I'll agree with you. I think they are better. Um, I think I also think uh, for me at least, Pareko being a number one, I think he only steps up from where he's been the past two years. I think he can only be better, especially pair with Letty for a full season. Um, and Perunovic, you mentioned, you know, he didn't play in the lineup ever with Letty and Krug in the lineup. Right. But it's another year of development for him. You know, he's hopefully stepping into the regular season this year, starting the season 
as a full-time blue. Um, for, uh, again, another year development. He's healthy, hopefully, stepping in. Um, so you're only going to see improvements from him in his game. Yeah, he's still probably going to make some rookie mistakes here or there. But I think we all agreed. He looked great in the playoffs for the Blues coming off, coming off that injury. So, on the, oh, and the power play was fantastic. Power play, he was phenomenal. And I think even a guy like Nico Mikola could step up and play better. So, and he was just resigned. So, I do think they are better than they were uh, at this point last season, uh, last year. But I think they needed a significant upgrade somewhere, whether it's another left handed D, even another right handed D, and shipping one of your other ones out. Um, I think they needed a significant upgrade and they could still make that. And if they do that, I'm in much more on board with this team being a deep playoff team. But right now, I think even with a slightly better defense and the offense absorbing Perron's loss, I just don't see this team being any better than they were last season. It would not surprise me at all if this if the if the roster we could put on paper today is the roster that we go into training camp with, it wouldn't surprise me. I, I actually expect it, to be honest. I, I yeah, hope at this point. I, I hope a move not, made. Maybe you're right. I, I hope a move's made. I think a move needs to be made, but it would not shock me, and I almost expect it that that we that we don't make a move. Well, and just here's because the, key this too. Is the way things go. When we talked, well, you mentioned it earlier. You said something about you know. Armstrong's waiting for his move. And uh, I, uh, yeah, I, I could see him saying, you know, honestly, like an opening season question that he's asked by a Rutherford, you know, were you wanting to make another upgrade? Yeah, but it just, it never happened. It just was never available. And because that's, that's what he does. He waits until he has the moment to make. And, and again, we've talked about how he's not good with signings. He's great with trades. Maybe that trade's just not there yet. And maybe there's an injury somewhere and on another team. And then he can strike a deal to move a defenseman, a Scandella for another forward or vice versa, whatever. I think he's just, he's going to wait for that deal. And if that goes into the seat, I think this is a playoff team. Don't get me wrong. I think this team easily uh, can make the playoffs uh, with the talent they have. I just don't think they're better than Colorado, which is no. what you need to be right now. So if they as long and, – and we've seen it before with many teams, including the Blues in 2019, all you got to do is make the playoffs and anything can happen. I really believe that. So they've got a playoff team right now. So if he does wait until the season, I will grow a little bit more angry with Blues fans and say, <laughs> what the fuck, Doug? This team is not good enough. Because it's a little bit more gut check time at that point, I but but I could still see him waiting until the season starts to to make another big move. We'll see. Uh, well, uh, Kurt, if you're cool, then I think we're ready to take another break. Uh, hear about it. our hear from our friends over at Center Ice Brewery. When we come back, we will talk about an enemy of the show and his recent article. Uh, talking about Blues defensemen, uh, which kind of relates to what we were just talking about. So we'll be back in just a minute. Do you like hockey? No, of course you do. Do you like beer? Of course you do. Are you 21? Let's hope so. 
If you answered yes to all of those questions, run on down to your local beer distributor and pick up a 2-4 of Old Arena Lager, the Beauty IPA, or any other delicious hockey-themed beer from Centerize Brewery. That's right, Centerize Brewery beer is available at various beer stores around town. So check around for the one closest to you. That's Center Ice Brewery. Let's go Blues. <laughs> we didn't talk about Klingberg. Klingberg being oh, yeah, we talked about that. But I'm sorry, I just, I'm giggling at break here because I don't know why this just caught my funny bone, but Colin Smith in the chat, I actually saw Scandella in real life. Like, yeah, like he's like, I don't know, like he's like a siren or something, you know, like uh, uh, right. trying to whisk sailors in with his maiden song, you know, like I saw it and I lived to tell the story. <laughs> um. So, uh, yeah, well, let's talk about John Klingberg uh, right now. I mean, so, I as, a, as an available free agent, you know, he's hasn't signed with anyone yet. Um, right handed D. Yeah, uh, good offensive defenseman. So, and I've said this before. I, mean, I I know I brought up a couple times left handed D versus right handed D. I do think NHL GMs put way too much stock into that right now. Um, I agree. So, and and I'll say again, I know I've said this on the show a million times. I'm left handed playing hockey. I like playing on the right side. I actually prefer to go into the boards on my backhand. Um, I don't know. I'm just more comfortable doing that. So I know, I, I think a, uh, an example is John Moore. I think he's still playing in the NHL somewhere, journeyman. Uh, I think he prefers playing the offside. So I do think there are defensemen. It, I, I think it's a little overblown to say we have to have three left-handed D and three right-handed D in the lineup. I don't you're think not that's gonna, necessary. You're not going to not acquire really good players if it if you, oh well we can't get this guy even though we make our team better because he's not a lefty yeah you if know, uh, if on, John Klingberg came to Doug Armstrong and said I'll sign with you for one million dollars right now <laughs> he's, sorry we're all full on right handed D you're good man <laughs> I assume he's gonna want like six something right or, I mean, right I but I'm just saying he made like I yeah he made I think I think that's there's like that. a little bit too much stock put into that nowadays I mean defensemen used to play the offhand all the time but. Yeah. Having said that, that is kind of the norm in the NHL, and right now I, I get it. Lose. It's if ideal. they're looking for anything, it. it's a left-handed D. I get it. It's ideal, but when your defense was had needed a glaring upgrade last season, you're not going to pass up a guy who would make your team better defensively just because of his handedness. I don't think you do that. Yeah, agree. I wouldn't. So what do you think? I mean, do you think Klingberg's a fit on this team? Let's just say the Blues can somehow make it work. Do you make that deal? You have to trade somebody. He's going to make six-plus, right? So he's 29, uh, probably looking for his last big contract, right? Probably wants to sign for six, eight years. Um, I don't think he's the ideal pickup for the Blues defense. I, I, I don't either. Don't get me wrong. If the Blues were to make it work, I'd be excited because I love the way he plays the game. But I think, again, talking, we've, we, again, I know, Kurt, you agree with me. You've had this discussion a million times in the last year. That's the type of skating defenseman he is. It's great to have, but the Blues already have that in spades. I think they need more defensive defensemen in this lineup. And I think for a while we thought that was going to be McCullough, and it was just like, whoa. 
we've got it already. We just haven't been playing him. And he's good, but he kind of dropped off after his first five or six games. And I think we want to see the first times that we saw Mikola. I think we want to see that in another defenseman coming in full time. I like Mikola. I'd rather see him out there than Scandella. Um, I, 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 I like him. I like what he brings. I think just play him, play him, play him, play him and let him, you know, where the chips fall, if they may, it's, it's not going to be worse than playing Scandella out there. Um, I don't know. Chris Ziegler, uh, his, he, you're making me want to make a Photoshop right now. He says, uh, talking about the Scandella comment I mentioned, it's like a Bigfoot <laughs> sighting. Check out this blurry pic of Scandella in the woods. uh so we're talking about defensemen so let's go ahead and get into it enemy of the show dom uh he put made a post recently about uh pareko's contract uh the post was called nhl's 10 worst contracts 2022 edition tyler sagan seth jones and others uh and then we'll talk about something that was also posted by dimitri uh, Filopovich, I believe is how you say his name. Filopian tube is how you say it. Oh, okay. I was wrong. Okay. Good call. Thanks for having my back there. Um, so in the NHL's 10 worst contracts, number six was Mr. Colton Pareko, somebody we've been talking about, uh, this show. So in case you forgot, so he starts his new contract extension this year, 6.5 million per at eight years. Um, and, uh, basically, you know what? I don't even want to get into the analytics to try and explain this to people. If you have an athletic description, uh, athletic subscription, check out this article. If you're interested, um, I recommend you don't, cause I'm not a fan of Dom as I did call him an enemy of the show. Um, but you know, get the athletic for our friend, Jeremy Rutherford, because he's awesome. Uh, but, um, yeah, so basically, uh, talks about in his, in his, in his, um, in his own words about how, um, Pareko was a big defenseman, uh, that made a big contract signing last summer. Um, talked about how, you know, guys like Darnell Nurse signed that a big extension and he was kind of one of the ones that did, but it came in a little bit cheaper, which I think we all were happy with. And honestly, I'm, still happy with but we'll we'll get into that in a minute um basically uh talking about how Pareko's just basically not fitting that bill um he's not that good uh and this is in dom's words basically uh basically he's not been that good offensively or defensively in the past two seasons uh scoring chances are lower um basically saying that he's just not worth the money um, again, read the article if you're interested. I don't want to get too much into that because it is a paid subscription. So I'd feel like I'm cheating, but, uh, he does say at the end of the article, at the end of talking about Pareko, I believe in Pareko and that he can get back there, but there's an even bigger hindrance and that's age for a rugged defender, which, you know, the age curve isn't kind. He's not rugged, uh, especially no. as he enters his thirties. Pareko's best comp is uh, Eric Johnson, which isn't bad, but isn't great either, uh, which is kind of funny. That's a, obviously a little tie-in with the Blues there as well. Um, I don't think that's fair to call him an Eric Johnson. I think he's clearly better than that. Um, I will say, and, and this reminds me of uh, when the Toronto Maple Leafs signed Dion Phaneuf to a big contract. Um, 
I think it was like a six-year, 6.9 per or something. I I remember defending that because I said, yeah, he's not a number one defenseman in the NHL, but he's a number one defenseman for the Toronto Maple Leafs, and they're going to play him that way, so they have to pay him that way. And I feel like that's kind of the case here with Pareko. He's kind of your de facto number one. Uh, but honestly... To defend Pareko, even though on this show we've we've kind of bitched about him in the past, for me at least, I, to call him the sixth worst contract, I mean, I think in three, four years, you could even bring in another number one defenseman and still be paying Pareko this amount, and you're okay with it. I think it's just a matter of he's not truly a number one to me, but he does enough to earn his contract if he's not playing 32 minutes a night. So I have to disagree with him that this is a bad, like top 10 worst contract in the NHL. But Kurt, your thoughts, what do you think? Is this, is this as bad as Dom's making it out to be? No, no. Um, I think we have high expectations for Pareko. Um, He's supposed to be the guy. He was supposed to be the guy to step in for Petrangelo when he left to be the number one defenseman. And he he, he had some big shoes to fill, right? Um, and he didn't do that. Didn't play as well as we had hoped that he would play. But, I mean, I don't know. I remember signing Pareko at the time. And people saying, wow, this is a great deal, especially yeah. as it goes on because the salary cap is going to keep going up and 6.5 per for him is going to be great. And, you know, it, that may or may not happen still, but I, I don't think 6.5 is going to be awful uh, for him. I think he's always going to be a guy that um, is valued. I think other teams around the leagues, I mean, well, maybe not after this article, uh, but value him. You know what I mean? It seemed like other teams always talked him up. Other broadcast crews always talked him up um, uh, higher than what – they were talking him up like he played, like our expectations were of him, but he wasn't quite getting there. You know, Preco kind of reminds me a little bit of Petrangelo before Petrangelo hit his groove here when Petrangelo wasn't quite what he was supposed to be. He was supposed to be a Norris-caliber guy. And he never quite was. He made too many mistakes uh, to be that guy. And then he finally figured it out and he just got to that elite level um, for a couple of years before moving on. Um, kind of like that a little bit, but not, you know, not exactly the same. I don't know. I, six worth is really harsh. I, I, I'm not, I don't, I think people are harder on Preco than I am. Um. I don't know. And it's one of those things, too, where he had injury issues uh, over parts of the last couple of seasons where that slowed him down dramatically and may slow him down for the rest of his career, you know, depending on the injury. So it was a back issue. So um, that could play a role, too, like Jay Bowmeister had. And Bowmeister was hurt and playing hurt, playing when he should have been playing. Um, and uh, it took him forever to get healthy. So, I don't know. There's a chance Pareko was dealing with something like that. Hopefully that's the case. Hopefully last year and a half he's just been dealing with some 
crap that needs to heal up, like Bowmeister? What do you think? So you you already gave a comment of the show uh, to somebody earlier, which was deserved. So I will give this the most intelligent comment of the show. Uh, Grant Hahn says, Pareko has not been at the level he was during 2018-2019, but I like how the Blues look with him than without. They looked much better this past year with him compared to 2021 when he was out injured. Um, I agree with that 100%. Um, This team is better with him in the lineup. I just think as a number one, I think, again, we talk about 2019. With him behind Petrangelo and and really actually even in front of the Petrangelo pairing because him and Bo Meester were the shutdown pairing. Um, kind of having that one-two in terms of pairings was fantastic, and that's what this team needed. Now, that's not a luxury that a lot of teams get, having that type of one-two punch on defense. But, um, yeah, I think he... This team's better with him. They just need to complement him a little better. And I know that there's been a lot of talk, and Kurt, I know you've been a part of these talks on Twitter, um, (laughs) of, like, comparisons to Pronger. Well, you know, when Pronger played, it was, you know, you could put anyone with him, he's going to make them look better. With Pareko, what? Todd Reardon. Todd Reardon. Todd, I think is uh, as Dan Riley. Oh, that was, was that Dan was Riley. Dan that Riley that said, yeah. "Yeah, they were the Tower of Power." Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, I think it was Dan Riley that said, uh, "Todd freaking Reardon." <laughs> yeah. Yep. Yeah. Like, yeah, and I, I think, oh man, light sound geometry, bringing the heat. Hey, Pareko is I, a good fourth or fifth D man. I think he's a great two D man. Did you? I just don't think see he's a, a great number one. Did you see his comment above that? I can't disagree with what he says there, and it sounds really harsh. Preco can't pass. He doesn't use his shot. He's not physical in his low hockey IQ. I'm not going to say he – I'm not going to say not being physical is necessarily a detriment, even though we've pointed out in the past where not being cool. physical has has cost him. Um. Yeah, I, when I first read it, I'm like, oh, get off it. <laughs> and I'm like, you know what? I mean, he's not the best passer. He he doesn't use his shot as well as he should. He's not physical. And I having a low hockey IQ, IQ is kind of harsh. I think I don't want to say he's okay. got a low hockey IQ, but I will say it's just he not is not amazing. It doesn't he's not out. got the best out there on the rink. I'll give you that. Yeah, that's that's a that's a very good in a nutshell, very quick uh critique a negative critique of Pareko, uh, what, his negatives. And I think that's fair for the most part, even though some of them, a couple of them are iffy. Yeah. Uh, 37 uh, is a, is one of the usernames here on YouTube. And he gets a new live listener. Mm-hmm. Uh, and he clearly knows what he's talking about. His name is literally 37. So he's clearly a big Jeff Finley fan. Um, he says... <laughs> We have three D-men, including Pareko, who would command significantly higher AAVs if they hit the market right now, and we have all of them for several more years. I think, and, and I think that's that's a fair point. Like, there's plenty of great defensemen on this team. Like, I think Falk is a great defenseman. I think Krug. I think even Perunovic at this point 
Pareko. I hate how Krug's the bad rap Krug gets. I hate it. I hate it. I hate it so much. I think they Krug all are great way better. I just Krug don't like. I don't like the makeup of this defense. I think if you look at them in a nutshell, Falk is great. Krug is great. Pareko's great. But I just don't think all three of them need to be on this team. I think if you can move one of those guys, and I said this during the Seattle expansion draft last year, if you can get one of those guys off the roster and free up space and use that money towards more defensive defensemen than puck-moving defensemen, I think that see, is the way to do it. See, I think I think you, you move Tarasenko, you move Scandella somehow, and you use that. And, and I th- I'd love to have Perunovic, Krug, Falk, Pareko, all in the same defensive core, but you but you ditch Scandella, you add Mikkel into that, and you ditch and you add a big tough physical defenseman for Scandella, you know ditch his contract and free up Tarasenko's money and go after a guy of that ilk. I, that and I I I don't have a problem because you know okay Colorado beat us. They were they're a fast fucking team. Every single line brings the speed, right? Um, I think there's something to be said for having uh, a lot of puck moving defensemen that move the puck really well. Um, Falk, Krug, Prunovich. I think you can beat teams that way. You know, you've got the puck, they don't, right? Um, but I would like to have that big, physical, tough defenseman that we don't have. Um, unless you count Nicola um, or Bertuzzo, but you know, so I, I think I, I, I'm not, I'm not against having those three guys back on the defense. If, if, if you can somehow extract Scandella and replace him with, with a bigger guy, you know, I'm, and I know that in the past I was a Scandella apologist to a certain extent, but I do think he has value for other teams. I could see an Arizona, and I know Arizona is always the one that comes to mind, right? <laughs> but like Arizona, even like a Buffalo or just a team that's kind of up and coming, maybe even an Ottawa, they would just be like, we need a good, uh, well, <laughs> good enough uh, veteran defenseman to help coach these young guys a little bit. Like, I think there's some value there. He's not completely decrepit on the ice. Like he, he's had some stretches and I think even dating right. back to 2020, 2021 uh, during the shortened season, I said multiple times down the stretch in the last 15 games of the season, I thought he was phenomenal for, for what he's paid. I thought he was great for the blues and I think he could still provide that. And and again, provide a little bit more of a veteran leadership presence. So I think there are teams that would be interested in him. But again, I think, like I said two weeks ago, one of the big issues is that it's a it's basically been a flat cap the past couple seasons, and so his value drops as the cap stays the same because his age is going up, but the cap isn't going up with it. So they've got Falk, Krug, Pareko, Letty. Perunovic, Mikola, Bertuzzo, Scandella. They've got, I mean, you would think that they would need to move somebody. Because, I mean, if you're going to play Perunovic, right? <clears throat> I mean, that's a, that's a lot of healthy scratches. 
Uh, okay, so 37, I got to give you props. You are uh, totally taking what I said in stride. Good for you. Good sport. He says, Jeff Finley, <laughs> Harry York, Clem Costin, me. All the greats Harry wore 37. York. Harry York. <laughs> Loved Harry York. York, man. He was Ranger great. great. Mm-hmm. Harry York. Ah, uh, well, so we'll talk about, uh, if you haven't seen it, jump on Twitter. Uh, it's been kind of the talk of Blues Nation a little bit uh, this summer. Uh, so Dimitri, uh, oh, I'm going to, uh, Filipovich, I believe is how you say his name. <laughs> uh, hopefully I didn't completely burn that up. Uh, so he basically did a graph that was uh, 2022 NHL playoffs, five on five defenseman zone entry. And he literally took every defenseman that played in the playoffs. I think it was a minimum of three games, maybe four games. Uh, I'm sorry, it says right there. Minimum three games played. Um, And he basically, he graphed basically where they are, you know, where they looked good, how they looked bad. You know, basically who was your worst, who was your best. And, And again, trying to explain analytics over a podcast is very difficult. So just jump on the graph. You can kind of see where guys place. Uh, Colton Pareko was actually ranked pretty well for the Blues in terms of zone entry on defense. Uh, and Nick Letty is up there as well. There's a couple other Blues, obviously, at least six, I think seven or eight Blues on there. Some of them you can't see their names, but uh, yeah, at the very what's the, top. What's the, what's the URL? Because you can you can select only the Blues to see what the names are. I I, I you know I I don't know. Okay. <laughs> I don't know. I'm trying to but find it. I, Colton Pareko is, is clearly the highest blue on there. And then uh, second would probably be, I think that's Nick Letty, but I can't see it exactly. A lot of the blues don't have their names by it. But uh, the worst blue, that that would be Ben Chariot. That is not a blue. I don't <laughs> see his name by that. Okay, well. Looking at the graph, uh, but no, it's uh, so apparently in the playoffs, five on five, Pareko's zone entry was great. Um, I did see a very good comment um, because people were kind of saying like uh, that uh, Nick Letty's numbers uh, were kind of surprisingly low, even though he's one of the higher ranked blues. Um, actually, uh, somebody made a good comment and said, what about uh, zone leaving the zone? Uh, exiting the zone. And I thought, man, yeah, if we could see that, I bet Nick Letty's numbers are tremendous on that because that seems to be where he really shines as a guy to to kind of get the puck and carry it out of the zone and uh, lead the charge. So, uh, but an interesting graph, again, um, again, hard to, hard to really discuss over a podcast, but um, yeah, check it out. Dimitri Filipovich, uh, posted this, and uh, Kurt and I have been commenting on a lot of the posts about it. So if you want to check out what we post, yeah. I'm sure you'll find it. I was trying to find uh, someone posted on Twitter just the blue. You can deselect, you can just select the blues to see all the names because some of these names you can't see. They're over the top of the other logos are over the top. Um, but I was wanting to comment on some of that, but I can't find the damn thing. Um, but yeah, and this is, again, this is a small sample size of, uh, playoffs and five on five defense and zone entry defense, but, uh, it's not really, it's again, small sample size and it depends who you play, you know, so we're different defensemen playing against different teams. 
you're going to have different success. Um, I'm, it just shows how they did in the playoffs this season. You know, some defensemen only played a ham, uh, three or four games, five games, and some played uh, the entire length of the playoffs. So um, take it with a grain of salt. Update. Uh, apparently 37 is my ice hockey goalie. Uh, Mr. Dave Jackson, who I have won back-to-back ice hockey championships with. So hmm. when he says he is one of the great 37s, I I will – let me just say this. I will believe that he believes that. <laughs> Not too many 37s <laughs> in goal. You don't see too many 37s uh, in goal. Olaf Kolzig? Was he 37? Col- was he 37? Uh, Trevor Kidd? I'm really pulling names out of my ass here. I'm pretty sure that Jason Bakashua. No, he was 30. Ooh, that's a good question. Not many. I don't. I don't think there's two. Okay, here we go. Third. Well, 37. We got. Which team is this? Oh, this is this season. Uh, Brian Elliott, 37. This year. Oh yeah, this he year, was thirty-seven. Yeah. So. All right. Let's see. Uh, oh, this is oh, that's twenty twenty-one sweater number as well. Let's see. Yeah, you're right, Brian Elliott. Uh, I think that's the only goalie we got. But yeah, this season. Uh, oh, wait, wait, hang on. Let's see. Oh, that's seventy-seven. That doesn't help. Not that it matters, but yeah, he's uh, he is number thirty-seven, and he he wears it proudly and. Where is it? Well, hmm. uh, wow. There's a long list. Um, apparently yeah. Jeff not... batters wore number 37, former St. Louis blue. I have no idea who that is. Not too. I don't think any, any blues players have worn 37 in net. Well, let's find if out. I go Jeff... to, if I go to blues batters? history and then sweater numbers. Who's Jeff batters. 93 through 95 played 16 games for the Blues defenseman. Yeah, not a not a single goalie for the Blues wore 37. That's not surprising. Yeah. Uh yeah. Uh, he says all I do is win 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 no matter what. You're damn right, Dave. That's all we fucking do. <laughs> one anyway. goalie, one goalie and Blues history has what? Is that right? Has what? worn thirty nine in goal. Who is it? Uh oh, Ryan Miller. No. Oh, sorry, two goalies. I overlooked Miller. <laughs> <laughs> uh, not as cool a question anymore. <laughs> okay, so there's two goalies. You got one. Thirty nine for the Blues. Oh, I feel like I should know this because I feel like it's relatively recent, right? Yes. Oh, man. Mm, I don't want to take up too much of the show, so I'll just say, oh, God. Uh, Hanu Toivonen. More recent. Okay. More recent. You have a shirt. Than... What? You have a shirt with him on it. I have a shirt with him on it? Mm-hmm. Charlie Lindgren? Mm-hmm. Oh, he was 39. Oh, man. Surprise, Kelly Chase gave that number up so he could wear it. (laughs) Doug Waite, too. Yeah, Doug Waite. (laughs) Oh, boy. All right. Well, (laughs) 
Uh, oh, 37. He got it right there in the, the chat. He says uh, Miller and Sideburns. Side so, yeah, yep, he there you go. He is a season ticket holder, so he gets it. Okay. Um. So, uh, did he buy, buy thirty thousand dollars worth of uh, memorabilia, though? No, we we talked about that last night, and he said, uh, "No, I do not buy uh, game used memorabilia." And I'm like, "That's yeah, probably a good call." It's like if I'm getting scammed, if I think I'm getting scammed, I'm not going to keep buying stuff from the scammer. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. That's a good that point. Me. Good point. Uh, so little, we got one story for our rapid fire tidbits from around the NHL. Uh, and it does involve a central division team that we all hate. Jonathan Taves commented about the Blackhawks rebuild to, uh, Mark Lazarus of the athletic. Again, another reason mm-hmm. to, uh, subscribe to the athletic. I think Mark Lazarus a does a great job. Great yeah, job. Uh, he was big on the Blackhawks, uh, scandals. Uh, so oh, yeah. kudos to him. He- he did a great them, job. He with that. took the Blackhawks to the woodshed. <laughs> As he should have. And I appreciated yeah. that. Uh, so apparently in this story, uh, Jonathan Taves was quoted as saying, at the end of the day, we're talking about a five plus year process. According to Kyle, which he's talking about Blackhawks GM, Kyle Davidson. Uh, so that's part uh that part of it doesn't sound appealing to me. Excuse me at all. Oh, yeah. Uh, so Sorry. he's not happy, and and he, and uh, Kurt, I saw you, I saw you comment on this on Twitter, and I agree with you 100. percent He is a whiny bitch. Like <laughs> since they stopped winning cups, I have really lost all respect for Jonathan Taves. Other reasons involved too, but he's become such a whiny little baby about everything the Blackhawks do. And it's just not appealing to me. Like I used to think, like I used to hold him on a pedestal with Steve Eiserman as like one of the best captains in NHL history. Uh, I have taken him off that pedestal. I have ripped that from under him because I do not agree with that anymore. But I will say, and, and I know I saw you say this on Twitter too, um, that uh, kind of agree with him on this. Like yeah, it seemed like they were headed somewhere. Like they had Doc. They, you know, they went out and got Jones and Flurry. And I know we all talked about how in Debrinket, we all talked about how last year it was ridiculous to say they were going to make the playoffs. But I thought we all kind of thought like, okay, they're on their way. They're getting there. They're they're going to be a, a Stanley Cup hopeful before Taves retires, at least. Now it's not looking that way anymore. In one season, that has all been completely erased. And we're talking about Kane's going to be traded. Taves clearly is wanting out. I don't know if anyone's going to take this well, that contract. But, well, yeah, he's, crazy. He's, he says, and I think Dan O'Reilly replied to my tweet with this. He, he Something like he goes, uh, he goes, yeah, he always bitches uh, about not liking the direction the team is going, but then never wants to be traded. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, uh, so he just, he just wants to keep winning. I get it. I mean, but, um, you know, he's 34 years old, so I don't blame him one bit that, that he doesn't want to be part of a five-year process to, to get back to, you know, winning hockey. I, why would he want, I mean, he's only got, who knows how long he's going to play. He's 34. He might play three or four more years and call it quits. Who I, knows? I don't. I mean, honestly, outside of his contract, I, I mean, I think he can still. He's still an NHL player, but after 
what he went through last year, it seemed to really slow him down this past season. He was not the same player. Um, he can still be a good defensive guy, but I think offensively he's his suspect. His point production has he went from three years ago eighty one points, then dropped to sixty, and then thirty seven last year. Yeah, and games played were eighty two, seventy, seventy one. So his games played he, didn't drop off too much. He reminds me of a guy like uh, like a, a Jeremy Roenick, who at the end of his career became a defensive center. I could see him doing that for a couple more seasons, but I mean, you're not paying a defensive defensive only center $10 million per year. Like that's no team is going to take that contract unless you really sweeten the deal. And I actually partially expected uh, with Debrinket being on the trade block. I actually expected the Blackhawks to say, if you take Debrinket, you got to take Taves too. And I really thought they were going to be packaged together, but clearly that didn't happen. Well, I assume he has a full no trade or no movement clause probably in Chicago. Yeah, but I'm sure he just at this point will accept anything outside of <laughs> sorry Arizona. Oh, I, you think? <laughs> I don't know. I I mean, if he's going to go anywhere to a shitty team, might as well just stay with Chicago because he's got. Uh, well, that's what I'm yeah, saying. I I you got to look at you got to look at who is equal to or less than Chicago, and I think you look at Arizona. Um. I mean, I think he would have loved to go to Ottawa, personally. I mean, right? If if it was like uh, Ottawa's knows? acquiring you and Debrinket, I think he'd be like, hell uh, yeah, let's go. Ottawa could be fun this year. You know, I, who knows? I think they but will be. Maybe Ottawa doesn't want Taze. Nah, we're going a different direction. We don't want an older right. guy. <laughs> yeah, no, I agree. Yeah, I mean, old and slow, you know, and they're a very quick team. Right. right. And if you're, not, if you're not putting up points and you're old and slow, boof, good luck. Yeah. Again, I think defensively as a penalty kill specialist, I'm sure he's he's still top notch. What but what do you pay him? What do you what does he make in his next contract? He's got one more, makes ten and a half million, right? So what's his next contract? AAV When's his be? contract up? This is his last year. Really? Oh, I didn't know that. Uh-huh. Yeah. <sighs> one million. Ten and a half tops? he's making now. He's making ten and a half million now. I give him one million to play Ooh. fourth line center. He'll get more than that. I really? Yeah. Let's mark the tape. Let's mark the uh, tape here. Because I he think his a, next contract, if he even gets one, will be one, maybe one point five I, at a I one think year, two he, year deal. I think if he gets one one point five, he's going somewhere that that is a really good team that has like zero cap space and he does that just to win. I think Toronto, I think if he's I think if he's going I think if he's going to a team that uh, doesn't have uh, a lot of cap space issues, I think he's making three. I don't think he's making that. I don't think he's worth it. I don't either. I, well, I think he, I don't know. I think he might be worth three just for the locker room presence alone. Maybe. I don't know. 37 points in 71 know. games. Three million for a 37 point player tops. He'd be a third. He'd be a third line center. Checking I center. would be shocked if he hits 40 points. Again, the rest of his career. Hmm. So I, I don't we'll think see. you pay three million for that. No way. After so he's thirty five. Oh, he's thirty five. He'll be what? How's he? He is. He is. Where is that? He is thirty four. He he just turned thirty four. So he'll be. Thir- so he'll be. He'll be thirty. He'll be thirty five by season. the start of next season. Yep. Yep. Yeah. I. 
So he'll get, he'll I don't, get a two-year deal somewhere. I don't know. Maybe you're right because, you know, fucking GMs love their veterans. But I just, in terms of production, to me, I don't pay him more than 1.5. No way. I, I think the name, I think he makes three. We'll see. We'll see. Let's keep this, uh, you know, and I'm going to try to clip this off. And then I will save it and I'll set a reminder for one year from today. Okay. We'll see. Oh, wait. These Price is Right rules? <laughs> if I overbid, I lose. All right, he'll make a dollar. <laughs> <laughs> so you say, you say, I say, okay, I'll say he'll make more than one and a half. So if you say one and a half, over under one and a half, you say under, I say over. I'll say under. I'll say one. one I'll say one point four nine. Okay, and I'll say over. How's that? Is that okay? That way, it's it's okay. Let's do that. There's no in between. Like if he signs for right in between, then we're we can't tie. Okay. Right. Okay. All right. I'm go with that. Well, is there anything else uh, that we wanted to uh, – oh, Ken Morris asks, what are the ticket prices in Arizona? Ridiculous. Um, oh, yeah, they're awful. I really feel like those ticket prices – like, I think it's one of those things where it's going to be let's wait until 20 minutes before game time. Like, the game will yeah. start, and there'll be – I mean, I'm not kidding – 100 people in their seats. And then as the game goes on, you'll see more and more people filtering in because the prices on those things are ridiculous. And once the game starts, they're just going to be like, please take these tickets. We'll sell them for 10 bucks. The only draw is that it's a very small arena and you're right on top of the ice, close yeah. to the action, no matter where you are, which is pretty cool. Not going to lie. I would, I would love to go to a game there. Yes, I blues play there. Take a road trip. Uh, oh hell, that'd be yeah. great, but not at those prices. Good lord, no, no, thank you. Not interested. Well, uh, Kurt, does that do it for the show? That'll do her. Well, Mike Leon over at the Facebook chat does say, "Love your hair, Jeff." Kurt is pretty too. Oh, so, back at you. Thanks, buddy. We appreciate that. You're pretty cute yourself, I'm sure. Um, no, he is. I know him. He's very pretty. Uh, so support for Let's Go Blues Radio is brought to you in part by ID Life, the world's only truly personalized vitamin platform based on health assessment. Oh my goodness. Okay, let me try that oh. again. ID Life, the world's only truly personalized vitamin platform based on a health assessment of your DNA. Visit rockinthatidlife.com for more information. That's rockinthatidlife.com. Uh, and uh, get 10% off by emailing Dustin at rockinthatidlife.com. I'm sorry, rockinthatidlife at gmail.com and tell him Let's Go Blues Radio sent you. Dustin is pulling his uh, sponsorship as we speak. So, <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, buddy. Again, that is rockinthatidlife at gmail.com. Email him uh, to get 10% off your order. And again, to uh, order from them, that is rockinthatidlife.com. Com. And by Center Ice Brewery, which provides drinks brewed in our fair city and is available throughout the city and county at numerous grocery stores, liquor stores, and bars. Visit centericebrewery.com to find a vendor near you. That is centericebrewery.com. That'll do it for episode 50 of season 10 of the original St. Louis Blues Hockey Podcast, Let's Go Blues Radio. Thanks for listening, and thanks for those who participated in the YouTube and Facebook live chats during the show. Cheers to all of you, and cheers to our podcasting audience as well. 
For Kurt Price and the On Assignment Bill Day, I'm Jeff Ponder, and this was Let's Go Blues Radio. Until next time, everyone, let's go blues. Let's go blues! Uh, the Chiefs are at home tonight against Cyanusport at the War Memorial at 8. Good seats are still available. A look at sports. I think that went very well. Thank you for listening to Let's Go Blues Radio. Now take off, hosers. I want you to have a heart attack and die so that we never have to do this shit again. Well, there's 90 minutes of your life you'll never get back. Sorry. St. <laughs> Louis Blues, St. Louis Blues, have you heard the news about our St. Louis Blues? They've only just begun, they're on their way to number one, now there's no more blues for our St. Louis Blues. Blues are on the ice tonight again. They're rough and tough and got the stuff to win. They'll always get one more, no matter what the score. They are quite a hockey team, my friend.